This is Derek Minner, and you're listening to Native MMA Radio. All right, guys, welcome to the 58th episode of Native MMA Radio. This one, we have three fight week interviews for you, two from the UFC, and then we have our good friend Jared Gooden coming by as he steps into, excuse me, as he steps into Mississippi to take on Empire's Fighting Championship. It is not for a title, but he is super excited for the opportunity. He cannot wait for that. We have Derek Minner, who is making his UFC debut on 10 days notice to go on to the main card to fight Drew Dauber this weekend in Virginia. And then to start off the fight week episode, we have TJ Brown, Mr. Downtown TJ Brown, making his UFC debut on Saturday night against Jared Griffin. Cannot wait for that one. Wally Wall here with me as always. Well, how was your fight weekend? It was super busy for us. I know you had to have been super busy. We had multiple Bellator cards. We had one in Dublin and one here in the States. We had UFC Auckland, and then we had Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder, too. It was kind of, like you said, real busy. I had the plane to take, so I didn't have like really time to really watch everything. But I catched up like the like two days after. Like I used to, you know... I used the power of the internet to catch up. Thankfully for the internet, we can catch up on shit. I, uh, so for open gym on Saturday, they decided that we were going to do it late. And I was like, you motherfuckers, that's the worst idea. We still did it late anyways. I showed up anyways. You know, I had to get my rolls in on a Saturday. But, uh, yeah, I I missed like a, a couple fights in the main card. I watched the Wilder Fury fight and then I just caught up the main card fights after that fight. Let's talk about Wilder Fury just for a split second. We'll get into grave detail about it on our current event section. But I, I just want to ask your opinion. What do you think is next, obviously, for both gentlemen? Do you, would you rather see the trilogy or would you rather see Fury move on to face the best heavyweight that we have in Mr. Anthony Joshua? Listen, uh, before I tell you that I don't think Anthony Joshua is the best heavyweight right now, I'm against a tr- uh, like a third fight between them, because the first fight I feel like Tyson Fury got robbed, and a lot of people thought that. And uh, the second well, one, like, I would was... agree with you on that one. I thought Fury definitely won the first one. I, I definitely think the knockdowns towards the end of the fight definitely helped. You know, Mr. Deontay Wilder. Yeah, and it was a draw. Okay, so it like the score is not even right now. They fought two times. Fury got a win. So and that's it. I don't see where's the problem. No, I mean I honestly think that you could you know in this chapter of the fight careers move on to the next thing, which I think honestly, if you put a fight in Wimbledon Stadium between Anthony Joshua and Mister. Uh, Tyson Fury, I think it, you would sell that out in minutes. Wimbledon Stadium yeah. is huge too, and you would sell yeah. it out in minutes. 
They will do it like in Wembley or in the uh, O2 Arena, I believe. Well, I, I, I like the O2 Arena, but I feel like because it is enclosed and you can't have as many people, I don't think they would do it there. I think they would do a big soccer stadium. If not there, they would come to Vegas and have more of like an MGM Grand type feeling before they would do the O2, I think. But do you feel that Joshua deserves to fight against Fury right now? I do. I, I believe he finished his business with Ruiz. He went in there and proved that he was a better boxer. Uh, I believe Tyson Fury has already ran from Joshua, and you can quote me on that. I, I think that that happened a while ago. I think it's time now that these two meet. Uh, I don't agree with you about the, the running thing. Yeah, after Joshua beat Klitschko, he should have fought Fury right away. Where was Tyson Fury? Listen, uh, at the end of the day, you can't say s someone ran from the other because uh, we don't have, like, good information. We can say that maybe, like, few, uh, Joshua ran from Wilder. We can say that Wilder ran from, from Joshua. At the end of the day, Fury is the only one who fought against uh, Wilder, and he won. Dramatically so, one-sided. Huge victory for Fury. I thought it really showed that he was the better boxer. And not only that, I thought he was going to go technically outbox him for 12 rounds. He really put it on him, especially in the early rounds. When he seen that you know Deontay Wilder was hurt, he did not let up. And Tyson Fury went in there and it did everything he could to finish him within those seven rounds that they you know stayed fighting. Yeah. Uh, perfect game plan, perfect fight, perfect... Uh, there's nothing to say. I don't... Uh, I have a problem with Wilder saying that maybe the problem was uh, his uh, suit. We'll get yeah, his suit. I, I want to get into that during the current event section. One thing I do, the last thing I want to mention about this fight on this part of our show, though, is Max Killerman, while they were both walking out, said, no matter who wins this fight, the baddest man on the planet is the heavyweight champion of the Ultimate Fighting Championship. So no matter what, no boxer is the baddest man on the planet because whoever holds the UFC title is more closer to an actual real fight. Yeah, at the end of the day, two different sports. I don't like the fact that we are still, till this day, comparing MMA to boxing. Mm, I don't like it. Two different sports, two different things, so... I don't know. I uh, seen Deontay Wilder go for a takedown after he got rocked. It looked like MMA to me. I don't know about that. Sometimes people, yeah. Sometimes people when they got well, like they got hurt. You know, they get hurt. So they they try to do some crazy shit. Totally. I want to talk to you about this weekend, man. How excited are you that Mr. Triple C, the king of cringe, has finally gave up his flyweight title and parted the seas like Moses. So Joseph Benavides and Davidson Figueredo had a shot this weekend for that flyweight title. It's a long time coming for Mr. Benavides. He was obviously, you know, shunned away from that title fight for so long because of those outcomes that he had against Demetrius Johnson, who is arguably the greatest fighter of all time. Do you think that it is now time that Joseph Benavides finally gets over the hurdle and captures that illustrious UFC title that has really, you know, arrayed him his entire career? Yeah, it's his time. His time is now. Uh, I'm uh, I'm kind of disappointed on Henry Cejudo for not giving him uh, the rematch because I believe that Joseph deserves it. 
and uh, it, it's the fight that really makes sense. You know, I but whatever. Joseph, uh, won that fight. I know a lot of people are skeptical if you know Joseph won that fight or not. I had that fight for Joseph Benavides. There's a story between them. Like yeah, we had the Ultimate Fighter. There's history. The fight really made sense, but uh, I feel like he does. He didn't want uh, none of it, Cejudo. So yeah. Well, you know, you got to understand. Benavides is a wily veteran. And so he's seen everything that you could throw at him. He's seen the best wrestlers, the best strikers, the best, you know, all pure grapplers. He's seen everything. He's seen some of the best mixed martial artists at this point. Yeah, I agree with you. And that's why Henry, he's calling himself Triple C or whatever. Give him the shot. Give him the fight. That's like, that's the clear fight. But then again, we have that Figueroa against Benavides. I believe it's a good fight. Figueroa, like, uh, you can't deny how good he yeah, is. He's because very good. He's very good. It will not be an easy fight for Jose Benavides. Even though I would have preferred if it was against Henry. But yeah, Joseph shouldn't be, like, over, like, too confident or, you know, because you never know in this sport. We had some crazy shits. Now, I want to ask you a quick question before we get into all this. There have been some speculations saying that if Megan Anderson possibly won this weekend, that she would, you know, jump over Felice Spencer for a 145-pound title fight. Do you think Felice Spencer deserves a 145-pound title shot if she wins? Or do you think Megan Anderson deserves one if she wins? No, I don't know. At the end of the day, whoever win will lose. <laughs> so, yeah. They got to face arguably listen, the greatest female fighter of all time. Listen, listen, both, of the, both of them will have the chance to fight her, to fight the great Amanda. 100%. Now, so, yeah. So, so, it's not a problem. Now, Walid and I, are after this quick break, are going to jump into recapping this last weekend's UFC Auckland, which was headlined by a great fight with Dan Hooker and Paul Felder. Back and forth battle. Some people are controversial on the outcome, but it is what it is now. It is in the books. And Wally Wall and I are going to discuss it quickly after this short break. We're going to have a quick station identification. As always, you're listening to Native MMA Radio. What's up, guys? This is downtown TJ Brown. You're listening to Native MMA Radio. And welcome back, guys. As always, Wally Wall, my good friend, is here. We are going to be breaking down last weekend's Auckland UFC Fight Night 168 which was headlined by Paul Felder and Dan Hooker, which seen Dan Hooker get the unanimous decision victory over our good friend Paul Felder. But we are going to start this fight card off at the very beginning. And Priscilla Corchea finished that fight within 40 seconds against Shanna Dobson to make it the very first night a very nice highlight for Miss Priscilla and a very much needed UFC win for her. If you remember her, she was the girl who lost to Valentina Shevchenko in her very first strawweight fight. So to see her come in here and get this quick, beautiful 40-second uppercut knockout, it was definitely well-deserved and well-needed for somebody like her. In the next matchup, in the women's strawweight division, somebody who I've had my eyes on, Luma Lupubume, lost a unanimous decision to Angela Hill. And Angela Hill really impressed me in this fight. And I, I want to say a lot of people give her hate, myself included, but I really feel like, you know, she has turned a corner here. She's obviously always game to fight. 
And uh, you know, whenever she gets a call on a late modus opportunity in that strawweight division, she's going to take it. I believe like Angela Hill and Roxanne are the two fighters that people will say that, yeah, they will lose. And yet again, they are like surprising us with wins like that. Both 100%. of them. Yeah, that that was a huge victory for Angela Hill. Even though Luma has only had six MMA fights, she's had plenty of Muay Thai experience. And with a Muay Thai background like that, you have to understand this was not an easy fight for Angela to take on short notice. Yeah, but uh, Angel Angela like really shined, and I believe that this win is huge for her because she really needed, uh, you know, because now maybe her streak is a three win, I believe. She's on a three win uh, streak right now, which is really very good. And knowing how the, those divisions goes, like maybe two or more, uh, one or two more big wins, maybe she can talk about a title fight. 100%. That's a deep division, though. In the flyweight division, Kai Kira France got the unanimous decision victory over Tyson Nam. It was a beautiful performance by Kai Kira France. Really, it was one-sided, too. Every strike that he threw was significant. All 78 of his total strikes were 78 of his significant strikes. Both gentlemen attempted four takedowns. Not one was landed, though. I just want to point that out. Yeah, Habib was like uh, shaking his head. Yeah, no, for <laughs> sure. 100%. Yeah. Now, hometown favorite Callan Potter came in there with a huge momentum. And unfortunately, Kenan Song got rid of that in 2 minutes and 20 seconds and with some hefty, hefty left and right hands. Even though Callan Porter did score the takedown, it seemed like Song jumped right back up and just put an onslaught on him. 21 of his total strikes 17 of them were significant just really he showed that he is here to stay in this ufc welterweight division yeah uh i believe that maybe uh Conan was uh felt too much the pressure the pressure or whatever i believe that maybe it was kind of a problem with uh, for him fighting in, in your hometown sometimes it can be good sometimes it can turn out to be bad for you it can turn out to be negative but yeah, like you said, Song, uh, it was a good win for him. I believe a quick win, even though it wasn't like in the first minutes, but like two minutes in two the first minutes. round. It, yeah, it yeah. seemed like uh, he was very, very effortlessly. He effortlessly yeah. went in there and walked through Callan Potter. In the welterweight division, Jake Matthews got a decision victory over Emil Mick. Now, I watched this one closely. I thought Mick, honestly did enough to win the fight especially if we look on the feet i think the significant factor of the fight was the four takedowns for mr jake matthews and the knockdown because he had a yes. knockdown yeah so listen if you that's the problem with the mma judging and sometimes the fans don't get it i believe the the fight isn't judged as a whole it's when round ends it's like that's it. It's uh, we don't talk about it. We have a winner of the round, and we talk about the next one. The, the, the like the the first round doesn't affect the second one, and I believe if you judge it like that, maybe Jake Matthews won this fight. But if you see it at a whole, I believe that you can say that uh, the Valhalla, Emil Meek, maybe won this fight. But yeah, it was a close decision, and people will bitch about it because Jake is Australian. Yes. And people were like, people were ready to bitch about this kind of thing way before even the five card starts. 
Yeah, but I think that's a typical thing. You you know, if you look, I, if you're fighting a hometown guy, you want to make sure you're finishing the fight. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. We, we, it, we, it is well known. Now listen, but... Jalen Turner went in there and did just that against the hometown Joshua Kalubo in his yeah. UFC debut. In the second round, Jalen Turner decided to go in there and just finish the whole fight with strikes. And that was three minutes into that second round. He had three submission attempts, 55 significant strikes, and 90 total strikes. Jalen Turner really went in there and put on a clinic. I do want to say this, though. Joshua is a natural 145-er, and he has never taken a professional fight except for his UFC debut, which was last Saturday at 155 pounds okay so do not discredit joshua that dude has mad skills he stepped up on short notice to take on a bigger guy now i think in the featherweight division joshua has a very bright future yeah and the, the problem is sometimes to make a make a name for yourself you need to take risks but when you take those risks you can't blame it on those, like, when you take a fight like that, you can't say that, oh, come on, I fought a bigger man. We can say that, you can say that, but him, he can't say that. And I don't believe he said, like, he didn't defend himself right now. But Jalen really went for the finish. He wanted a submission, then he couldn't get the submission, so he got, uh, like, a, a, a KOTKO, which is yeah, good. He, he ground and pound, finish the fight out. Yeah. Your well, boy, Sabari Tukagov, got the very nice first round Bye, finish against Kevin Aguilar. Now, do you think that he hit Kevin Aguilar harder or Conor McGregor? Ooh, well, I don't know. Uh, listen, uh, Zubera, his thing is he's in the mid. Like, people will always remember him for punching Conor McGregor. Like, people would never forget that. He made a name for himself. Like, he's the guy, he's the Khabib guy who really fought against McGregor. He went to war for for his brother. So, yeah, uh, quick finish was good for him. I believe he's a good fighter. I don't believe that he's maybe on that level, Khabib or Islam or, uh, uh, or Zabit, that he's not on that level. But he's a good fighter. He's a very good fighter. So, yeah, a good win for him. No, 100%. And that rounds out the uh, preliminary portion of that card. Now, the main card had five fights. I thought it was a very good main card, very action-filled, top to bottom. And it really, you know, it's, they started it off right. Brad Riddle and Magomed Mustafaev had a very nice fight in the lightweight division. I thought it was one of the best fights of the nights. And I thought Brad Riddle really showed that he's here to stay. Yeah, even uh, Dana White on his Instagram story talked about this fight. This is the fight he talked about in this yes. card. He didn't talk about the main event or the co-main event. He talked about this fight, and there's a reason. He knew that Brad Riddle was a great fighter. Yeah, he knew. He knew. Yeah, he knows that Magomed Mustafaev will. It was like a good matchup. I believe he like he's like he felt it. And the good thing about Dana White, the dude knows his fighters. He yeah, really 100%. knows. His Brad Riddle called out Alexander Hernandez after the fight. That's not going to happen, though. Alexander Hernandez has a fight. It is booked. It is in April. It is oh. a, against a teammate of Mr. Khabib Nurmagomedov. And that's all no. I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say because I can't really go into no. grave de details about it. But y'all hey, can put hey, two hey, listen, together. Y'all can put two and two together. There's a guy... That everybody wants to see fights 
who's a teammate of Habib. Yeah. And I already said his name. Yes. Yeah, earlier. So if it's, it's him, it's, all it's a crazy matchup. I and talked Alex. Alex Hander, I talked to Alex last night personally. That's all I'm saying. Hey, so, listen. Marcus listen, wait, 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 wait. I need to Lima. say. Wait, 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 wait. Props to Alex for even accepting that fight. Because 100%. not everybody will accept this 100%. fight. 100%. Alex is ready to go. In the heavyweight division, Marcos Rogerio de Lima showed that he has missiles in both his left and right hands when yeah. he literally went in there and just walked through Ben Sassoli. But I wanted to say one thing. Ben Sassoli can take a punch and a couple head kicks. There was a couple head kicks in there. That dude took some big punches, some big head kicks. He stood in there and he begged for as long as he could with Mr. Marco Rogerio de Lima. But unfortunately, Marcos was going in there to kill somebody. Yeah, like like I said, like in the last episode, I love I love the fact that they put that this heavyweight match between you know in the main card because it's a it's fireworks. At the end of the day, you're you're a fan or not a fan of MMA. You see two big dudes going at it, and one of them like knocking cold the other dude. You you enjoy it. You can't hate this shit. So yeah, it's a good idea. Uh, I love I love this card. This card was good. It was really good. It was a good card. One hundred percent. And I told you to look out for this young lady last week. Jan, I'm not even gonna try to say yeah. her last name. She really went in there and put it on Carolina Kolkevich. And I, I honestly, I, I knew it was gonna happen. The the eye injury right away and Jan looked like she was just going right after that eye like she was a woman possessed trying yeah. to go home with Carolina's eye in her hand like she was going at it every opportunity she could front kick to the face got her right in the eye left and rights to the same eye over and over and over again. Jan was in there to throw leather, and she was in there to throw it with ruthless abandonment. She landed 93 significant strikes out of a total of 157 strikes with a total of five takedowns. Can you say a completely one-sided performance from a possible future strawweight champion hell yeah it was a great performance by her uh, carolina like for her defense like she got hurt really early in the fight and her video she posted on instagram was kind of really sad like i didn't enjoy watching that video her eyes didn't look good she said that she couldn't see for like the, the for the three rounds even the first one like she couldn't really see which was uh you know Props to her for continuing fighting, but if for an injury like that, I believe that maybe like this is something that in boxing we have like they throw the towel sometimes. Like even in the fucking main events, you have like the the the, the corner protecting Wilder in the biggest maybe fight of his career. I don't see why a fighter like Carolina in this like in this situation protect pro protect your fighter. I understand. That it is your job to fight. And as a fighter, yeah. you don't want to go out there. But it is literally your job as a cornerman yeah. to protect your fighter at yeah. all costs necessary. If that means making a decision that that fighter possibly might not agree with at that moment, yeah. you have to make that decision. She could have life-changing eye injuries at this point. 
Yeah, we don't want to see another situation like Michael Bisping, even though we love Michael Bisping for that. But it's not a good thing. It's not healthy. Like we don't want to. We don't. We don't want that. I believe that her injury was too bad. Yeah. Now, nothing bad. Not nothing bad to throwing the towel when you are really injured. That's all I want to say. Well, no, I mean Duke Rufus did it for uh, Anthony Pettis when he broke his hand. Yeah, he's like, listen, well, uh, let's live to fight another day. It's literally yeah. what Duke told him. It That's why like, he no, was, I, he I could go. I could go. No, let's live to fight another day. That's why he's one of the best coaches in the MMA world. Period. One hundred percent. Now, in the co-main event, in the light heavyweight division, Jimmy Crute went in there with a beautiful first-round submission, 3 minutes and 29 seconds into the fight against Michel Olek, whatever the fuck his last name was. The Emperor. Let me tell you what, Jimmy Crute is for real. Jimmy yeah. Crute is a name in within the next 18 months. Jimmy Crute is going to solidify himself as a true title contender in the light heavyweight division. 18 months. I wish him nothing but that. But I just want to say, uh, Johnny Walker, at some point, we were all sure he will face John Jones in this year. I didn't say he was going to face <laughs> Jones. I said that he would cement himself as a title contender. Like uh, okay, Miss, okay, okay. Now, would you agree? Like top that, five? Yeah, well, for sure, top five. Would you agree okay. that Johnny Walker is a title contender? I would say that Johnny Walker is yeah, a title well, contender well, for sure. Yeah, one, one or two big wins and uh, you're... Well, he's right there. Yeah, he's right there. I agree with you. John, title contender. Uh, I see him being up there with those guys. He might not get an opportunity to fight Jones right away. Because as you see, the light heavyweight division is getting this resurgence of youth in it. And plus, some middleweights have now dropped down or gone up. It, it, It seems like that it's now thickening itself out and becoming a much more full division. And then if Jones goes... To heavyweight and relinquishes yeah. that light heavyweight title, that really opens up the game for the light heavyweight division. Yeah, and which is good for him right now that he's not too close to a John Jones fight because he can work himself out, he can make his name bigger, and maybe when the time will come to fight for the belt, John Jones won't even even be the champion. The kid is twenty three years old. I just want to point yeah. out. Super Nothing young. He doesn't don't rush it. Yeah. No no reason to rush. Yeah. Don't continue rush. to take these type of fights. Hone yeah. your skills. Continue to, you know, c- create the monster you are. And in 18 months, I expect him to be a title challenger. I agree. Maybe maybe not 18 months, maybe longer. But uh, if he continue like that, it can be even closer than 18 months. Yeah, for sure. Now, in yeah. the lightweight division, in the main event... Mr. Paul Felder went into enemy territory and took on Dan Hooker. Dan Hooker got the unanimous decision victory over, or sorry, it was a split decision victory over Paul Felder on Saturday night's main event. It was back and forth. If you ask me, I was watching the fight, and through four rounds, I only decisively gave Paul Felder the fourth round. I thought you give Hooker 
the first and third for sure. The second, I can see an argument either way, but I thought the argument was stronger for Hooker. Now, going into the fifth round, I thought Hooker won the fifth round. Yeah. So, where people are having an argument out there why Paul Felder didn't get the nod and why he is not considered the winner of this matchup and why he lost, I believe Duke Rufus said, $88,000 because of it. Well, I think that's because he lost the fight. I don't yeah. think that's because he was screwed by the judges because they were in Auckland, New Zealand, where Dan Hooker is from. I just think he lost the fight, you guys. And I, I, unfortunately, he's a huge fan favorite. And for some of you, that might be hard to swallow. I know for when my favorites lose, it's hard for me to understand. Yeah. But I do not think Paul Felder won that fight. I thought Dan Hooker did enough no matter where you're at, no matter if we were in Vegas or anywhere else, if we were in Milwaukee. I think Dan Hooker did enough to win that fight. So uh, I just want to point out to you fans out there who are up in arms over this decision, I think there's definitely bigger fish out there to fry in the MMA world than this one. Yeah, uh, Paul Felder, I believe people really wanted Paul Felder to get in the mix of the light heavyweight title you know, picture. I believe people wanted to see him against Connor at some point, or even him against Gagey or whatever. Yeah, it would have been nice. Yeah, this is the sport. This is MMA. This is not WWE. Don't fix whatever you want. Sometimes the fights we want don't happen. Yeah, 100%. And, it happens a lot. And listen, this is not a huge loss for him. I believe that if he wants to fight back, he will, you know, one or two fights and he can be right back at it. But uh, I think that he talked about maybe retiring. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, he did talk about retiring. I don't know if that's the decision for him. I, I just think, I mean, he, you got to understand, he does have a young daughter. I don't think maybe he'll be taking these huge trips overseas anymore. I, I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think maybe Paul Felder takes fights, you know, a little closer to home, stays, you know, Vegas, whatever, something like that. I just don't think the international trips where he's main eventing, where he's got to go out there and, you know, yeah. give the uh, press that he's got to do all the obligations that he has to do fight week. I don't think that he's wants to do that anymore. Uh, I, I just think that he might have got caught up in his words at the moment. Yeah, but when he wears the suits and, you know, he starts interviewing and, you know, he's becoming, in, uh, yes, he's great, but... You won't travel, or uh, I don't get it because there's only Joe Rogan that doesn't travel, right? Yeah, only Rogan doesn't travel. So I yeah, mean, who are and you? it's Joe Rogan. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's Joe Rogan. You know, <laughs> it's the best in the world at it. So I'm not sure about that. Listen, at the end of the day, Paul Felder is a true savage, and uh, I believe we should talk more about the winner, Dan, Dan Hooker. Hooker is an amazing because, savage. I would love to see him. Against Ally and Quinta. Great fight, I believe. I agree with you 100%. I, you can't hate on Dan Hooker. No. Because if, you're, if you love Paul Feather, you will love Dan Hooker for the same exactly. reason. Those yeah. kind of either him, Gagey, Felder, Hooker, Raging Barbosa. Al, Barbosa. Those are the guys that made this division that great. Because they gave us, they gave us the big fights. They gave us the true challenges, and you can't hate on him. And props to Diane Hooker for this win. And I hope nothing for the best for him in the future. 
Yeah, no, 100%. It was a great outcome. I thought it was a great fight card from top to bottom. I thought it was one of the better fight nights that we've seen here recently. I'm excited for this weekend, though. Uh, any last words on UFC Fight Night 168, Felder versus Hooker? Uh, great card. I was kind of sad for Carolina getting injured because I'm a fan of hers. Uh, the video really kind of hurted me because I felt like shit when I watched it. I said, I thought that, what the fuck is this sport? Like, at the end of the day, uh, it was kind of depressing. But uh, other than that, great main event, great card, great fights, great, great everything. It's a good card, a solid card. Yeah, as we as we predicted, one hundred percent. It was a very good card. Now, if you guys hold on here for a moment, we are going to get TJ Brown on the line. We're going to have a quick station identification. As always, you're listening to Native MMA Radio. This is Lauren Murphy, and you're listening to Native MMA Radio. All right, guys, joining me at this time is a young man who's going to be making his UFC debut this weekend, Contender Series alum, downtown TJ Brown. How you doing today, brother? Man, I'm great, man. I uh, just finished up my son's uh, baseball practice uh, here speaking with you on fight week, man. So uh, it's a good day for me. How excited are you to be finally here fight week? You're going to be facing Jordan Griffin here at UFC on ESPN Plus 27. How excited are you to be stepping in the octagon? Man, I'm excited, man. Uh, like I told you before, man, this is nine years in the making, dude. You know, I've been—I knew I deserved to be here. I've wanted to be here for years, man. It's finally happened. So, I just want to try to soak this weekend, take it moment by moment, and uh, enjoy the process, and then uh, handle business on Saturday. Have you guys had any time to uh, really look over Jordan Griffin as an opponent? Yeah, you know, honestly, I didn't know about him uh, before I got the name. But you know, I, honestly, I don't do a lot of film study uh, myself. I let my coaches do that. Uh, but what, from what we have gathered, you know, uh, I think it's a great opponent for me. I think he's a tough guy, you know, but uh, I, I believe if I show up and I uh, perform like I know I'm supposed to, I'll finish this guy, no doubt. Now, is uh, not watching film something that you've always done, or is that something that's kind of new to your camp? Um, yeah, so you know, earlier in my amateur career, uh, I would kind of overanalyze. You know, and I almost respect my opponents too much. You know, I, I got into too depth, too in depth with it, and, and and I found over time I perform my best when I just go out there and, and, and be me, do me, and perform, bring the best TJ Brown to the table, and uh, that's when I perform my best. So that's what I plan to do. So where before you would almost over over prepare yourself mentally. Yeah, you know, I just respect them too much. Uh, just worry too much about what they're going to do instead of what I needed to do, and. Uh, uh, again, I perform better when I'm just firing on all cylinders on my board instead of worrying about what my opponent's doing. Now, including your contender series victory, you're on a four-fight win streak. What's it going to take to get number five on Saturday? Man, it's pressure, man. I'm going to come forward with pressure, man. You know, I'm a finisher. That's what I do. You know, uh, 13 and 14 of my professional wins have come by finish. You know, I'm a finisher. If I just go in there and do what I'm supposed to do, put pressure on this guy and break him, uh, that's what we're going to do. Now, Jordan Griffin, unfortunately, is, uh, I believe, on a two-fight losing streak in his UFC yeah. career. Usually, when you lose your third one, you're out of there. Does that, uh, I'm sure that has to be a little bit more added pressure on Jordan. Do you feel like you're going to capitalize on that? Yeah, man, I'm sure it is. Dude. You know, I'd hate to be in his shoes, you know, and I, and I hate to put this guy out of, Uf, out of the UFC, but, man, it, this is either me or him, and i got a mouth at home to feed, you know, so... 
Uh, I got to go in there and do my job and handle business and, and put him away. Now, a lot of people was like, man, he's only two. You know, they, they you, this is easy work, but I, I don't see it like that. You know, I've I've dropped two fights in a row early in my yes. career, and, and I, I was more hungry than ever and, and wanted to prove something more than ever. So I haven't take, taken him lightly at all, and I'm, I'm going to look in there looking to fight the best Jordan Griffin, and I hope that's what I get. I hope I what that's hopefully what I get Saturday, and uh, I'm going to take it to him. Now, Jordan Griffin comes from a very respectable camp in Rufus Sport. Obviously, they're going to have him firing all cylinders. What have you done to prepare yourself to go up against such a great camp like that? You know, uh, my response to that, man, is I think we're a great camp. You know, people just don't know about us yet. You know, I think I've surrounded myself with a great coaching staff, uh, great training partners, and, man, people just don't know about us yet. But soon enough, Arkansas MMA is going to be on the map. And you are currently with Westside Fight Team, correct? Correct. And then you guys are training out of Arkansas. Obviously, you've talked about, you know, Arkansas is not quite on the map there. What does it right. mean to you, Mr. Downtown T.J. Brown, to be the front runner of Arkansas MMA? You know, I, I think that, uh, you know, Bryce and Luis have, have kind of knocked the door down. Now I'm fixing to come through and pave the way. You know, uh, I feel like I'm a great example for the up-and-coming fighters at Arkansas. You know, I, I, st- I set a good example, and I, and I, can, I want to continue to do that. And I think it's going to start off this Saturday. Now, I, I listened to an earlier interview that you had done, and you had mentioned that you had wanted to do wrestling in high school, but they just didn't have the program. Is that yeah. something now that they've actually instilled in your area? Yeah, man. Uh, luckily, uh, they have a D1 program now here uh, in Arkansas. They had a few uh, D2 smaller colleges, but now they have a Division One program that actually my uh, my younger brother is on. He starts for their, their team, and they've actually opened the doors for me to come in and train with them this camp. You know, that's something I've added this camp as well as being able to train with those D1 athletes in a, in a college facility. You know, it's 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 really taking my, my game to the next level, and I'm looking to display some of that on Saturday. It's funny, and I've heard multiple people mention this. It, looking at your you know wrestling and your takedown and like that, you would think that you're a Division One wrestler. Yeah, yeah. Is it something that just yeah, comes natural for you? Yeah, you know, I think it does. You know, uh, you know, I played football. You know, I played defensive back. I liked hitting guys. You know, uh, maybe some of that crossed over, but. But also, like, uh, you know, I learned, you know, I, I did a lot of boxing, amateur boxing and, and some professional boxing and, and professional kickboxing. But I learned in MMA, you got to have ground game. You know, even if yes. you want to stay standing, you better know how to defend. Uh, get back up. Uh, t- defend takedowns, you know. So, so wrestling is very important. And, and uh, through learning that and, and starting the process of wrestling, I ended up falling in love with it, man. So it, it, it's just another art that, that I love to train and I, and I love to learn, man. Now, uh, obviously, training with all your guys in Arkansas at the West Side Fight Team. Tell me, some of the guys that you're around, who are the up-and-comers that we should be keeping our eyes on coming out of Arkansas? Well, one name you already know is Thug Nasty Bryce Mitchell. Yes. You know, he's my he's my number one dude. We actually finished up some sessions with him, man. I, I'm just, I'm, I first of all say I'm really thankful for that guy, man. He's he's helped my game tremendously, both technically and mentally. Uh, but, you know, we have a lot of good amateurs coming up. You know, Kyle Thompson, uh, A.J. Stevens, uh, Zoba. They're all great guys coming up that uh, you can look to see in the future. Now, having Bryce there in your, by your side, you know, having him go through this already, making his UFC debut, going through the Ultimate Fighter, has he given you any advice on what you expect come Saturday night? Yeah, you know, just, just go in there and be me. Do what I do. You know, let, let's not forget, you know, I've got almost – got over 30 fights now altogether, professional amps. You know, I, I've, I've got some experience. But, 
one thing that, that, that was great is I was able to go to his last fight and corner him and be backstage, go out to the cage, you know, do the whole walkout process and really see what it's like firsthand before I experienced it on my own. So that was good for me, and especially since uh, I like to visualize the fight and things like that. It's helped with my visualization process. So I think that's something that's going to help uh, me as, as I come into my debut. Now, what have you done to make sure this is a successful debut for you? Have you done anything extreme to make sure these measures are pretty much just game plan as usual? Man, you know, I'm going to be honest. You know, the, the, the success that, that I'm reaping now, the benefits that I'm coming have, have been a long time coming. You know, I'm just now reaping reaping the benefits. You know, that's how hard work. I was explaining that to my brother the day that's, that's coming against some, some tough times. I was like, man, hard work pays off. You know, not always on, on, on your time. But hard work will pay off in its own time. Just let it pay off. And my, all my hard work's just finally coming into play. And, man, I'm right where I'm supposed to be. And uh, I'm ready to reap the benefits and cash this check. Now, what drove you to want to be a mixed martial artist? Man, you know, I always played sports. Uh, I played some Division two football down here in Arkansas. Uh, I was just – I always loved sports, man. I've always had a knack for – sports and just being an athlete and uh, it kind of gave me a bit of purpose and a bit of uh i guess you'd say uh discipline and it just kept me uh grounded you know and there's a point in my life where i lost that scholarship and kind of got in some trouble it was at the wayside really and i found westside mma man and um, i started putting my time into something positive which was fighting and uh man my career really took off and uh i just really found a love from it from that point on it's kind of safe to say west side mma has kind of changed your life into being a hundred percent you know uh but the combination of west side mma and my eight-year-old son have been just true game changers in my life and i wouldn't be the man i am today without both of them you, you talk about your eight-year-old son you're actually sitting at baseball practice with him right now okay. how do you balance being a father and a fighter at the same time and just just discipline man you know like uh the, the there's no, for, for, for me, you know, you, you, you have to think a lot of people have to sacrifice time, this and that. But this is what I love, you know. I, I love putting my time into my son. I, I love competing and performing, you know. like, And that, that's where I put my time, you know. The, 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 there is no extra going out. There's no partying and, and doing those things that, that I, I used to do and that some of uh, my, my old friends do, you know. But that's the sacrifice it takes to be great, and I'm willing to make those sacrifices and, that live the life that I want to live now. Now, how is it for you to make 145 pounds? Is it easy for you to make it? Or is you have... <laughs> Speaking of, well, I'm hurting right now, son. Uh, but, man, it's, you know, it's a good question. You know, I, I really, and in, in, in all honesty, I don't know how much longer I'll be able to make it. You know, I'll, I'll make it for sure. This, this go around, you know, maybe another fight, but eventually you'll, I'm going to see 155 in the future, no doubt. So for sure, probably as soon as you turn 30, 31, TJ Brown's going to be a lightweight. Yeah, without a doubt. Do you use any certain type of meal plans or meal preps to kind of stay at 145 to keep your weight down? Yeah, man. Uh, I'm very lucky to have uh, Clean Eatery. It's a local meal prep company here. And uh, it's really helps me stay disciplined and, and, and do right. You know, uh, without without that, you know, it, it would be tough for me because your boy likes to eat. You know, I, I love sweets, man. I, I love cereal, pasta, you know, all the good stuff, you know. And um, with those meal preps, you know, I'm able to get 
the right portions I'm supposed to have and not cheat and, and, and do those small things right. And I'm very lucky to have them. Super important part is not to cheat. I know it's super hard, yeah. but super important. <laughs> yeah. Now, sure. you obviously, you just said you were a foodie. Is there a, like a go-to meal that you have as soon as after you weigh in? You're like, I got to get me some pasta That's or whatever. Great. That's a great question. So my thing is lasagna, dude. I love nice. lasagna. You know? So I'll usually go to the local Italian spot, whatever's best there, and then, you know, finish off with some good dessert like a mm, uh, bread pudding or maybe a mm. peach cobbler with a little bit of ice cream. Man, I could just go into real good details <laughs> right now. <laughs> I could only imagine you've probably been thinking about it for a couple of days now. Every day, dude. Every day. I, you probably already actually have your restaurant in Virginia picked out. Oh, not yet, dude. I haven't looked. Man. I haven't looked. Have they told you where on the card you guys are going to be? I think we're the third fight. Okay, excellent. So, and then everything yeah. on this card, I believe, is on ESPN Plus, correct? Correct. Okay, so obviously the fans can catch you there. My other question for you, though, before I let you go, is what do you like outside of the Octagon? You talked about being a family man and all that, but what does TJ Brown really like? Uh, man, I, I, I really like to, uh, the outdoors. You know, one thing about Arkansas is like it's not a, a huge uh, city or anything, but right on the outskirts is some beautiful outdoors. You know, I like to enjoy uh, hiking. Uh, I like to do fishing with my son. You know, just, just anything outdoors, just to get outside and, and enjoy the, the outdoors. Um, outside of that, man, it's the outdoors and spending time with my son. You know, that that's about it. That's what takes up most of my time, you know. Uh, and, uh, you know, I enjoy coaching as well. You know, I'm going to coach here at our gym at Westside MMA. I, I enjoy uh, giving back to the sports. You know, this sport has done so much for me. So it's important for me to give back to some of the kids and some of the adults uh, the way the sport's given to me. And how has coaching really kept you, you know, ahead of your game? Well, you know, it's, it's a great – you're able to see the game from another level, you exactly. know. And I think, with, you know, it's, it's given me a, a whole other experience level doing that. And, uh, I hope that I'm going to be able to practice what I preach in there Saturday. You know, I can't I can't tell guys to do all these things and then not go out and do it. You know, so that's one thing that helps uh, hold me responsible when I'm out there Saturday is to do things right because I've got a lot of uh, kids and and fighters looking up to me to make sure I do things right. You got a lot of eyes on you to make sure you perform correctly. For sure, man. For sure. Now, is coaching something that you would like to do after you hang up your gloves? I know you're very early in your career, and you probably haven't put too much thought into it, but is that something that you've been thinking about? Well, no. Like, uh, so, so, so since day, day one, you know, even when I, when I played sports, I wanted to be a coach. You know, coaches, coaches have been a huge inspiration in my life. I, I didn't yes. have a father growing up, so coaches have, have, have helped me drastically so much in my life, and I wanted to, I want to be able to do that for other people in my life, and uh, I've always wanted to be a coach. So my definite plan when I get done is to have my own gym and and, and to run a successful gym and and give back. Obviously in Arkansas, yeah, you're not leaving home. <laughs> man, maybe I don't know, dude. I really like the beach, man, and warm yeah, weather. If I could you. get a if I could get a gym by the beach, that would be my go-to. So besides a gym from the beach, I mean, there's no, you got like a nice lakes out there in Arkansas, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah house. Sure. there you go. Yeah. Start at that Arkansas MMA culture, right? Yeah, yeah. And you got to teach them young too, because you, like you said, you're molding young athletes, and like you know, coaches have molded you before. You're really molding the next generation to prepare right. them to be where you are one day. Right. 
Well, I definitely commend you on that. It's not easy to be able to put that coach hat on when you're still a fighter sometimes and to be able to switch those roles. I commend you in that. And another thing I commend you for is, like I said to you earlier, is I've seen you all over the place this last week. You, especially as a debuting fighter, you don't see them a lot doing a whole ton of media. And I commend you for doing that, for really stepping out there and putting yourself out there for the fans and for the people. Sure. For sure, man. 100%. This is the business, too. And, heck, I enjoy it, man. You know, I, I've been wanting this life for a while, man. You know, I've put in the hard work, the sacrifice. I'm going to soak this up and enjoy it, man, and, and let these people know who I am. Now, one last quick thought from you on Saturday night. How is this fight going to be finished? What is your prediction for you and Jordan Griffin on Saturday? Well, I'll tell you this. My son uh, predicted a head kick knockout, so I'm going to go with him. There we go. Well, I, we would love to see that head kick knockout. Can't wait to see it. Before I let you go, TJ, I want to give you a quick opportunity to give a shout-out to your teammates and loved ones, anyone that's really helped you along your MMA journey. Yeah, I just want to thank uh, all my coaches that have been there since day one, Roly Delgado, Matt Hamilton, and uh, Bill Barton, along with all my training partners back at Westside MMA. If it wasn't for those guys, I uh, know this would be possible. Also, shout-out to all my great sponsors locally here in Arkansas. Uh, this one's for you guys. And then where can the fans find you on social media? Uh, follow me on Instagram at Downtown TJ Brown or on Facebook, TJ Brown. There you guys have it. That's Downtown TJ Brown. He's going to be taking on Jordan Griffin this Saturday. UFC on ESPN Plus 27. They're about the third fight, so you guys get there early and get there quick because it's going to be a fast one. TJ, thank you for your time, and I can't wait to watch that head kick knockout, sir. Heck yeah, man. Thanks for your time. I appreciate your uh, platform, man. Thank you, of course, man. Anytime. Hey, guys. You got Jared Night Train Gooden here with you guys, and you are listening to Native MMA Radio. Check us out. All right, Mr. Downtown TJ Brown, we appreciate your time, sir, and thank you again for stopping by on your busy fight week. We know how important it is for you to talk to your fans. He's been all over the place this last week, like I said during the interview. So check out his other interviews on the other platforms. You know, We are all about you guys expanding. We're not like, hey, well, this is the only show you should listen to. That's just fucking absurd and ridiculous. So check out all the other interviews he did and everything else. It was some good listens. Now, this weekend had a great boxing match that we touched on a little bit in the opening of the show. But I want to go through a little bit more and talk about Mr. Deontay Wilder has an excuse going out there right now that he lost the fight because of the suit that he wore to the ring was too heavy. Oh. Now, on the Joe Rogan experience, if you guys are a fan of that show, obviously I just said listen to other shows. They, him and Joe and Deontay talked about him training with a 45-pound weighted vest on at all times. Tell me how you train with a 45-pound weighted vest on at all times and you can't wear a fucking suit to the ring. A. B. Who told you to wear that fucking suit to the ring? Yeah. C. Just take the loss like a fucking man and say Tyson Fury outboxed your ass. Please. If you really want the rematch, say, you know what? I got fucked up. He caught me slipping. I'm going to get him again. Let's run it back. It was a draw the first time. You beat me the second time. You owe me one more. We're going to finish it like this. Then we're going to do it like that. Be a man about it. To say that because of the suit you were wearing, you didn't have your legs underneath you after it. No one told you to wear the fucking suit. Listen, uh, at the end of the day... 
what's great about Wilder is what's making like no sense right now. He have to. He have to. His ego is too big, and he won't say that he lost. And that's what made him that good of a boxer. But you know, at the end of uh, Brendan Schaub in the Fi- Fighter and the Kid podcast, he said that they already in the contract they signed for a rematch, uh, a third fight. I'm not sure about that. Maybe if one of them got the finish, maybe like they will not have a third fight. But. Uh, do you want to see Wilder against Fury for a third time? I would like to see Wilder Fury after Fury loses to Joshua. Hey, listen. Uh, wait, I need to ask you about that. Why do you think that Joshua will win against Fury? Anthony Joshua is the greatest heavyweight we have. I'm sorry. What you have Fury? no proof about that. Look this at dude... what he's done to everybody except for the one fight against Ruiz where he's looked suspect. That's the only fight where he's looked suspect. Listen, he didn't lose against Ruiz. Like, it wasn't like a one-punch a one knockout. He fought like shit in the Ruiz first fight. You have When you have that reach advantage, when you have we'll everything... Have Oh, come on. Listen. In the second fight. It makes sense. He's a better boxer than Ruiz. It's not even a question. Thank you. It's not, but the, the, the thing is, it's not about Ruiz. He got knocked out about uh, against Ruiz. I think that Wilder can finish Joshua. I think even Fury can finish Joshua. That's the problem. He can't be finished. Fury can't be finished. Wilder can be finished. Fury cannot be finished. And when you talk about boxing, pure boxing, Fury is a better boxer than Anthony Joshua. He have more tools in his hands. We shall see, sir. We shall see. It was also a busy weekend for Bellator MMA. They had two events. UFC 239 in Thackerville, Oklahoma. And they also Bellator. had the one in right. Dublin. Yes. The first one in Thackerville on Friday night had the debut of Keith Lee, Mr. Kevin Lee's younger brother, and he looked phenomenal in that with a unanimous decision victory over Sean Bunch. Very, very good fight. Our guest of last week, Mr. Timothy Johnson, had a huge knockout for his victory in the first round, 2 minutes and 35 seconds. Super happy for him. Obviously, the you know he was going up against you know Tarot Fort, uh, Fortune, who kept saying that he had the best hands in the heavyweight division. If you guys listened to our interview from last week, Mr. Johnson said, "I've been sparring with Francis Ngannou every week." Who do you have that is going to be anything close to him? Like, what do you have that you're going to show me that Francis doesn't on a daily basis? What do you mean? Terrell Fortune said that he has the best hands in the heavyweight division, the heaviest and the best. Tim Johnson trains every day at Extreme Couture with Francis Ngannou. Listen, when it comes to power, nothing is more powerful than Francis. Not even a, exactly. not even Wilder, not even Fury. It's not about nobody have more power than Francis. So with Johnson working with that every single day, he accredited that to being able to, you know, take a punch or two from Fortune because he knew he was going to be able to, to get on the inside, to deliver the huge right hook. I mean, 
he wasn't scared to press the action. He wasn't scared to get on the inside, and he proved it on Saturday night, and he really got that well-deserved victory, his first in his Bellator MMA career. Yeah, props to him for good. But, uh, like you said, <laughs> Francis Power is too big. Huge, huge. Huge, huge power. Now, so in the, the other cup. In the, whole, in the main event, though, Euroslav Amosov beat Ed Ruth by unanimous decision. I really, I, I thought Ruth was going to win that one, but, you know, Euroslav put it on him. Now he's 23-0, and the second best record in MMA, only behind one Khabib Nurmagomedov. Well, that's good. 100%. Now, Mr. Rick, uh, Richie Smolens, who was on our fucking fight program last week, he unfortunately lost his fight against Mr. Diaz. Now, that was in the Dublin card. You know, there were some great fights all over. I thought that was one of the better fights on that card. I didn't get too deep into that. I'm uh, Grimace, one that's their former lightweight champion, he lost to, uh, Mr. Michael Chandler. One day we're going to get our friend over here, Walid Kandusi, out to one of those, you know, Bellator cards. They should be in France here soon. They have to be coming to France soon, right? Bellator is usually one of the first ones to get places, you would say. Yeah, they have to. And uh, I believe that even the UFC, like, will give, will let Bellator go first to test if, like, the, it's a, the MMA world is huge here in France. And, uh, it is like uh, MMA is huge everywhere right now. Do you think that you guys are going to be able to bring the crowds there that is going to warrant the UFC coming? First of all, it's not we yeah, because and you and you yeah. people. Well, well, who are my people, bitch? The French. <laughs> no, no, those are not my people. I need to say that I'm from Algeria, but I will say this: like I know that. The here in France, MMA is big, and with a, like a future champion like Francis Ngannou, it's even bigger. Let's get down to the bigger issue here, and yeah, okay. why don't you like being a French nationalist? Because <laughs> I'm not. I listen. I'm, I'm born and raised I'm in Algeria. I'm an African. Listen, Let me speak. If you... Let me speak. I'm born and raised in Algeria, in Africa. I just came here to study for a couple of years. That's it. And how's that then working? I will go to the U.S. when you will buy me stuff. Are you finally going to come out here? We need to make it to an international fight week. Really? Now, talking about international fight week, this year is going to be headlined by my boy Kamaru Usman and Jorge Masvidal. Now, you're ooh, probably ooh. not going to make it out to this international fight week, but one year we're going to have to do this shit live. Waleed and I at international fight week, and we're going to bring you one of the best native MMA episodes that money can buy. We will. Just not our money. <laughs> we will interview fighters. I will ask Kamaru Usman, why do he think Kobe Convickson is the best welterweight? I will ask him that. Walid's not going to get any credentials. <laughs> <laughs> I make it, yeah. I would, I would ask him. Uh, Walid's going to hang out with the schmo in the back. The schmo, your the best schmo. friend. Listen, all I'm saying is I would beat him in a grappling matchup. 
Are you training to beat him right now? Is it, is it your plan? Are you planning on this? That's all I want to do. I just want to fight the smell. Because you told me that you are training. And I don't know why you are training right now. Like, and So listen, so listen, 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 listen. So my son does jiu-jitsu, right? Yeah. And eventually, he's going to be able to beat me up. And we can't have this. I got to be able to like <laughs> establish my dominance within my household. You know what I'm saying? Like, we can't have that. Like, he can't be armbar me and me not knowing what the hell to do. Like, I got to figure out. You know what I mean? So... Thinking ahead here, Wally. Thinking ahead. Yeah, you need to think that. And because your son is, uh, I think that he would become a big guy because he already looks big. Yeah, he's a big kid. Yeah. He's only 11, so be 12 next year. Only getting bigger. Oh, shit. Right? They grow too fast. When are you going to pop out a little bit, Candusies? Not yet. Uh, Listen, I'm too young. Listen, I'm still 20. I'm 26. Shout out to it's your girlfriend. She's one of our biggest fans. Yeah, shout out to Camila. But it's too early for even think. No, it's not too early because now that I said that, she will start bitching about it and saying it's not too early. Ah. So I don't know. <laughs> then listen, listen, listen. Got you in it, trouble. No, yeah, now I'm in trouble. So it's too early, but it's not too early. That's all I have to say. I feel you. I feel you. How excited are you? I can't see shit. I'm like. How- how excited are you for some of these fights coming up, though? Like, uh, we have next which, weekend, we have Israel versus Joel, Wei Lee versus Joanna. The weekend after that, we got Kevin Lee versus Charles Oliveira. You, you can end at the, fir- the first fight you gave me. Can you give me that fight again, please? One more time? One more time. Yeah, please. Israel Adesanya is defending his 18-0 perfect record in MMA and his UFC middleweight title against none other than the soldier of God, Yoel Romero. This is a dream matchup. Bad matchup for both of for both guys, I, but pr- I respect so much Israel Adesanya for Yoel, taking this fight. A high-level striker could fuck him up, but Israel... A high-level wrestler could probably fuck him. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many what ifs. We don't know. There's the thing so is, we don't know what ifs. What's the Israel. What's we don't happen? know if, if if Yoel can establish his wrestling and his takedowns. It could be a long night for Israel. But yeah. if Israel, you know, can defend a takedown or two in the very beginning and really, you know, like make Yoel work for it and then really tire him out. I believe his striking and his movement is good enough to where when, you know, Yoel's going out for those crazy power punches where he's just throwing everything out there and you'll, you know, Adesanya is going to slip that shit because he's going to see it coming. But he's still going to exert so much energy doing all these big power strikes that eventually he's going to get tired. We know Yoel Romero has a small gas tank. We know Israel Adesanya will put it on you once he realizes he has a gazelle hurt. Yeah, It's an interesting matchup. Do you think it will go to decision? I do not think it will go to decision. I think either one of them could finish the fight because Yoel Romero is the most explosive human being I've ever seen put on a pair of fucking MMA gloves. Is the best. Did, did you see the when they they when they faced off and Yoel Romero did, yes. won the face off. Yoel Romero won the face off, bro. Listen, Yoel Romero is the scariest person on the planet. 
He can do it 100%. all. He can. He have the power of like a, a fucking tank, and he can run. He can do backflips. He can dance. He can speak English very well. <laughs> he can do it all. Yeah, it, it's a great fight. Can't wait for it to happen. But yeah, it, it, it's going down now. After we have a quick break and a station identification, we are going to have our good friend Jared Gooden be coming on the fight show for us this evening. Jared has a fight this weekend in Mississippi with Empire Fighting Championship. Check him out. I believe he said that if they do not have it, that he is going to go live on his Facebook. We'll ask him about that later on in the interview. We'll get more information about that. But yeah, if uh, if he does do that, we'll try to make sure to at least put it on our page and then share it elsewhere so that, you know, he definitely gets the coverage that he deserves, you know. So without further ado, I'm going to get him on the line real quick. Wally, Wally, anything else on current events? Uh, nothing special. There was a, like a, a grappling matchup between Mike Perry oh, yeah. and the Raging Owl. Mike Perry won. Mike Perry? Legit at grappling. And I wouldn't have thought that before this weekend, but he really put on a one-sided clinic against Ally and Quinta. Listen, Mike Perry is a guy that wants to learn. Remember, he asked Darren Till to do sparring with him. Yes. He, he's, he wants to learn. Darren he's not Till the best. wanted to go to the spa. Yeah, he, he wants to go to the spa. That was, like, epic. But listen, <laughs> we have that. And what do you think about that uh, Tito Ortiz against Del Rio? Oh, it, it, it's a fucking interesting, very, very interesting situation. Do you think that Tito needed steroids to win against the real? I don't know that he needed steroids to win against him. I just think that if you really look at the bigger scheme of it all, I think he might have needed a little bit of testosterone to make it to fight night. Oh, Maybe. I don't know. I think that Tito Ortiz waking up from, you know, waking up, just waking up like at, at 6 a.m. can beat Del Rio at his best. Maybe. We shall see. But, like I said, I'm, we're going to get Jared Gooden here on the line. We are going to have a quick station identification. As always, you're listening to Native MMA Radio. This is the pretty boy Anthony Taylor, and you are listening to Native MMA Radio. All right, guys, so I've been doing this interviewing thing for a good year and a half, two years now, and there's a lot of fighters that I've come across, and there's some fighters that I've come across that I've been able to sit down and be able to call my friends. This man right here that I have coming up is definitely one of those, and he's definitely a friend of mine. Mr. Jared Gooden, who is going to be going up against Jay Jackson this weekend at Empire FC5. Jared, how are you doing today, sir? Man. I'm doing great, Brody, man. I, hey, I'm just put privileged to be back on here and talk to you again, fam. No, of course, brother. Like I said, whenever you're fighting, we're excited to be promoting it. Now, Night Train stepping back in there one more time against Jay Jackson. How did this whole fight come about? Man, so on a quick side note, um, how the fight come about is because I'm I'm, uh, I'm changing gyms. I'm actually about to start training. Uh, not start. I've actually been training. But my new home gym is now Fusion XL in uh, Orlando, Florida. And man, they're just man, world class. Seriously, bro. Like, I remember. I remember Saturday. Saturday, I was up there Saturday sparring. They had Jacare Souza versus, uh, not versus, but he was sparring against uh, Rodolfo, 
And the, my coach was like, yeah, 13 world championships in between <laughs> these guys. We're like, oh, shit. Like, right. it's just crazy. Everybody stopped to watch him. You know what I mean? It's crazy. But the, this fight came about because, um, man, I don't know how to talk about it. Other than my boy Pete, my boy uh, Pete Zachary out there in uh, Fusion XL, he's like, Jerry, you want to fight? And I was like, yeah. And he said, hey, he's got it started. We're fighting um, Jay Jackson this Saturday, February 29th in Biloxi, Mississippi. And, man, I'm just thankful for the opportunity. I'm thankful for Jay Jackson for accepting the fight because, you know, that's my biggest problem to having is people yes. not wanting me. But, man, thank you for accepting the fight. Thank you for taking this L. <laughs> Do you blame them for not wanting to fight you? at When you're fighting at welterweight, you are currently ranked number seven in the United States among active welterweights. You were number one um, in the Southwest. You were number one in the Southeast. And you were number one in Florida. Awesome. Man, I... I, I don't blame them for not fighting me because I know that, like I said, they're just trying to protect themselves from taking another L, you know what I mean? They don't want to lose, and I understand that. But um, I hold it against them just because they say, you're fi- they say they're a fighter, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm a fighter, I'm a fighter, but when a fight comes, they want to run away from it. So I don't think, I don't think, you know, exactly. I don't think, I don't think you can call yourself a real fighter if you're, if you're running from people, you know what I mean? I tell whoever took comes- on all challengers, even you've even stepped up to middleweight and taken on, you know, real contenders in the middleweight division. You've taken on the best the, the welterweights have to offer. I mean, you've really not shied away from tough competition. Exactly, man. I, I love the fight. I love the fire, man. And I feel the most alive under the lights locked in a cage, man. You know what I mean? So that's why, like, yeah, so I'm not, I don't run from a fight. I always want, I always want to fight. I always want to be underneath the bright lights, man. I'll fight as much as I can, bro. So I'm just, I'm just excited um, to get this fight. It's like, man, fighting's like a drug, bro. You know what I mean? Like just being out there in front of the crowd. If they, if they love you or hate you, it doesn't fucking matter, man. Actually, real quick, I actually love being hated more. I hope, I hope. Right. Silence I hope they, the whole crowd after you beat their hometown exactly. There is nothing like that. I remember my, my favorite fight, Right now is um, when I fought Cody Wilson out there in uh, Greensville, South Carolina. And, you know, it was his hometown, you know what I mean? And everybody came out there when he landed a nice head kick. The thing went fucking crazy. He head kicked the fuck out of me. I didn't go down. I didn't, I didn't. I just shook it off and just kept going forward. And when I knocked him out, I was just like, yeah, wow, oh, yeah. And I remember I was like, I was like, hold on, wait, it's just me. Everybody was fucking silent because they were worried about him. And I love that. I love being the villain. I love just putting the whole crowd on mute. It's like taking a remote and just. Shut up. <laughs> you know what I mean? I love it. <laughs> Stop it now. So, Jay Jackson, uh, what do you know about your opponent? I know you do not watch a whole lot of film. We've talked about this before, but do you know anything about him? I, I have watched some of his film, actually, man. I'm, I've started to do that more. I like watching my opponents. You like, I hate that with Will Santiago, if I remember correctly. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You saw what happened to him. 30-second yeah. knockout. So, yeah. this, this guy, um, man, Jay Jackson, he does... He does a lot of things. Uh, he does uh, a lot of things well. Um, I'm just gonna go out there. I, I do a lot of things better, so I'm just gonna go out there and execute my game plan that uh, me and Fusion, uh, me and my coaches at Fusion have made, and I'm just gonna go out there, get a W, man, and go home. I'm just gonna try some. Go ahead. I know you're very good at staying focused at the matter at hand. You don't really look ahead at the fight. You, you know, your main focus right now is Jay Jackson. I know that you've envisioned a finish. What's your yes, finish sir. envision right now? Tell me your prediction for this weekend. Man, I, I'm not going to give a round. I'm not going to give a certain, like, like knockout or submission. I'm just going to go out there and say it's going to be devastating. I won't, Like I said, I'm going to leave the crowd in awe. I'm going to leave them all on mute. Like, fuck looking at me when the fight's over, man. Just look into the crowd. I just want to see their faces go. You know what I, mean? I love it, man. We're like, just just utter devastation, bro. I just, gotta, I, I just can't wait to be back in there. 
Um, my last fight was in October, man. And like I said, fighting's a drug, bro. It's been too long. I'm going to go ahead and abuse this bitch. Exactly. Now, let's talk about your move to Florida a little bit. You've been training out in Florida for a while. We talked about last time the video surfaced of you and Mike Perry going at it. Obviously, now that's going to be your home gym, Fusion XL. That is a, a great place to, you know, really blossom into this next stage of your MMA career for you. A lot of people don't, you know, make these jumps right away. And obviously, for you, you're making them before they need to be done. Thank you, man. Yes, sir. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm so excited to be for this for this move um it's ma mainly because like i'm not gonna lie to you it's a new state new it's a new start on life in a way for me you know what i mean and i'm just you know like i've been i've been in georgia for over 20 years man and it's just finally good to uh, branch out and you know it's, you know it's weird it, it's cool because you know here in georgia everybody knows me you know or for in the fight game let's say everybody knows me, you know what i mean and just like you know, so everybody respects me. Everybody wants to like train with me. And it's weird when I go down there. I'm like, hey, I want, like, like me looking for partners. Hey, I want you. And they're like, it's weird being told no for the first time. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like, nah, you gotta get some credit here, dude. I'm like, damn, you right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Man, it's awesome. Like I said, it's being in, in a in a in a gym full of world class guys. You know what I mean? And, and to, just to train and to learn from these guys is a blessing. And I just can't wait. To look forward to my career, man. And I can, I'm gonna show. I'm gonna show y'all this weekend because I've been training. Uh, at Fusion for the last for the last month, I'm just going to show y'all how amazing the training is out there and how we get this finished. So, when is the f uh, permanent full time move going to be down to Florida? I'll be living in I'll be living in uh, Florida by the end of March for Excellent. sure. I already, already have been moving stuff down there. Got a game plan on where I'll be staying and like that. It's just now it's just time for me to uh, finish up here. You know, what I mean, I'm, I'm saying my, my goodbyes to my friends uh, after this fight. A lot of them want to see me hang out. Um, so. Like I said, I'm, I'm leaving 20 years of, of being in Georgia behind, so I'm taking my time to see everybody that, 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 that matters to me before I leave, if that makes sense. The whole night train nation. Exactly, exactly. Now, uh, do you know in Florida where you're going to be staying exactly? Um, ooh, you, want me, you want me to tell my information? No, it's fine. I'll be out there in Orlando, bro. I don't need the address, dog. I just need a little <laughs> central location. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'll be out there in Orlando, man, and... I, like you know, it's funny. I, I keep so like I'm actually from Florida. I moved from Florida to Georgia when I was six, but um, ever since I've been back up down there training, I haven't been to the beach yet. What? That's the one thing I haven't done. I like. Have you not been I, to the beach? I haven't been to the beach yet, man. I, I like, and the and the reason is because go ass to the beach. <laughs> I'm, I'm going. <laughs> I'm about to, man. I just gotta get this fight finished. You know what I mean? I gotta. Yeah. I'm gonna use the beach is my celebration, if that makes sense. I'm oh, going out sure. there like. They're like, do you ever been to the beach? I'm like, nah, I'm here for business. I'm here to train. I'm here to, you know, work. Yeah. You know what I mean? But after this W, I'm going right back to Florida, man. I just can't wait to ball out, bro. I'm having so much fun. Uh, weight plan. How's your weight going? How's the weight cut going? I know you're in the middle of it right now. We won't get too deep into it, but how's it going? I'm actually 180 right now, bro. Well, I'm sorry. I woke up at 180. picking my gallon. I'm probably about 182 right now. Man, this weight cut is falling off. easy easy bro like it's crazy man do you remember when I, we were talking last year and i thought yes. i couldn't make one again <laughs> dude i, I remember literally you telling me that you remember you telling me that you weren't gonna fire at 170 unless the ufc calls you you're like i'm not trying to do it and then you got with eat clean bro and then you got with the other company and then you really honed down on your diet and your nutrition i really feel like that's been you know the deciding factor in you being able to keep this 170 pound 100 percent like I have a friend up here. Uh, ooh, I always forget his last name. Crap, his name's Robert. But um, he got me on a new diet plan, and 
that's it's really been kicking off like that because you know I used to walk around like 210, yeah. and with the new diet plan, I started to walk around at 190, and then I started now I'm walking around at 185. You know what I mean? Like I just started really cutting weight. Like I, I hit the sauna for the first time uh, yesterday to uh, get ready for this fight, man. And this there's I'm literally I'm not worried about making weight. I remember being when I used to walk around 200, and I would this entire week I would stress that shit, bro. I'm not even worried, man. I'm not even thinking about it. Like weight. Making waste on the back side of my mind, man. I'm over here playing video games, watching that set. <laughs> Getting ready to go to the sauna later, man. Like you know what it's, it's, you know what I mean. I'm just glad that I'm glad for my boy Robert. I'm glad for Fusion XL for helping me too. A lot of them helped me with my diet. Just realize to stop being a dumbass. You know what I mean. And just it's all about it's all about growing, man. And like I said, I'm 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 glad for what the future holds, man. I can't wait. Yeah, I mean, super exciting. I mean, obviously, you know, going to Florida, training with all those killers they have out there. I mean, you're literally, like you said, you're world-class talent all around you. You're going to train with one guy who's world-class, go to the next guy in line, and guess what? He's also world-class, and it goes just exactly. down the line and down the line and down the line. Like you know what's funny? Says, like, iron sharpens iron. Exactly. I feel like that, Uh, you know, you, there's there's a saying, and it's funny because I, I, it was stuck in my head for, for weeks, and it, it, it like it, it's funny how it just played out because, it, it, like, in life, but um, there's a, there's a saying. It's like if you find yourself as the biggest fish in a pond, it's time to find a new pond. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. I love that. And what it is like, I feel like I feel like a little baby fish is being thrown in a shark tank with these fucking monsters, man. And I love it, bro. Like seriously, man. These are they're making monsters out here, man. And I'm just glad that they've accepted me to uh, come on board and man grow with them. Exactly. You don't want to be a big fish in a little pond. I would rather be a whale in the motherfucking ocean. Exactly, bro. Like, I ain't gonna lie to you, man. I feel like a little fish in this ocean, man. I'm just trying. I'm just trying to. What was that? Little Nemo. Uh, just keep. <laughs> just keep. And they start. Oh my god. <laughs> That's oh, literally how man. I feel. I would definitely be crushed. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta come out, man. If you ever come to Florida, man, come share with us, fam. I will for sure, 100. Uh, percent I want to try to make it out to Florida at least by next year. But uh, hey. I will be most likely making it out to your contender series fight once you get there. You know what I mean? So that's just a hop, skip, and a jump for me. I can make it's it happening. to Vegas and nothing. So once you get that phone call, you let me know, and uh, we'll make that happen. Let you know right now, bro. I'm going to fight John Gotti on uh, on the contender series, bro. No shit? Hey, hey, I don't – nothing's written in stone. Nobody's called me. Nothing. Nothing's for sure. I just got a feeling. I like – I want I want to fight John Gotti, man. Like you, you know how rare to be to say that I killed John Gotti, bro. I want yeah, to go out there and fuck him up, bro. Dude, <laughs> <laughs> like I, I can tell you right now, that's what I want. I know he's gonna be a contender series he's this year. So the kid's good. The kid's good. Oh, yeah. No, he's not. No, he's not. No, no, he's good. He's good. <laughs> no, he's good, man. I just can't wait to add him to my aunt. That's a good name for you to take. Oh yeah, add him to the long list of the people. Night Train's fucked up, man. You know what I mean? Like I got a list I'm starting. You know what I mean? Fifteen names on it. Jay Jackson gets added to it uh, this Saturday. John Gotti's going to get added to it later this year. Contender Series 2020. Hell yeah, baby. I'm trying to tell you, bro. I believe it. I can't wait. And you, you've been saying it forever. You know, as long as you speak it, it'll come. Exactly. I'm trying to say, hey, I speak it again, bro. I'm going to fight John Gotti. I'm going to knock out John Gotti on Contender Series. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it here <laughs> first. Jared Nitrain Gooden versus John Gotti, I believe the third. The third, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Welterweight matchup to be looking forward to in the Contender Series this summer. Hopefully it all comes to fruition. Dana, figure that shit out. 
Hell yeah. Yeah, I don't know about you, man. I'm getting chills, bro. I'm getting chills. That'd be awesome, man. I can't wait. <laughs> How's life been with you, though, fam? What's been going on with you? Life's been good. Just been doing a whole bunch of interviews, doing everything I can to be just trying to be a whale in this ocean, like I said. I, uh, <laughs> I've just recently booked up my flight and everything. I'm going to go to San Jose for the Bellator card out there. For nice. uh, yes, that's gonna be amazing. Nimkov versus Bader, and then Musasi versus Douglas Lima for the middleweight title. How do you think that's gonna go? That middleweight fight. How do you think it's gonna go? I don't know. It'll be interesting. Uh, the size difference is what I'm really interested in. So uh, I, I want to see if Musasi is gonna be that much bigger. You understand, Musasi at one point was a light heavyweight, yeah. who yeah. now fights at middleweight. So he is on the bigger side of middleweights. And 100%. I'm not saying Lima's a, Lima's a much bigger welterweight, but it's still a big welterweight versus a big middleweight. <laughs> <laughs> like, I remember, uh, you remember when Roy McDonald fought uh, Masasi? Exactly. <laughs> like, like, again, what's funny is... Once um, he got on top, it was just too much. It was, you know what I mean? And... Like say Roy McDonald's a good black belt, and 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 so is Lima. You know what I mean? So like it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be a great fight. Um, Lima can keep I the think, fight standing. It's more interesting. Exactly. If, if they keep the fight standing, I got I got Lima. Lima has some like he has some surreal power. He has some Those good points. Oh yeah, with with very little wind up. You know what I mean? Like yeah. his leg kicks from nowhere. Yeah, there's no whipping him or anything. It's just psh. yeah. Look what he did to MVP was hilarious yes. as hell, dude. Oh, I can't stand it. me. That was awesome. So justified. So Hope he broke you know his what? Bellator. Bellator's got a very nice welterweight division. Is that something that you would be interested in if they called you? Yeah, I'm waiting on anybody to call me right now, bro. If they want I don't me, give you a get me. Damn. Fuck. Dude, if you want me, you get me. Let's go. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm tired, man. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm be the world. I'm be a world class. I'm, I'm world class and be world champion in either organization. UFC, Bellator, PFL. I don't care. Just I'm just waiting on the call. Yeah, we have talked about PFL before. You said you would be down to fight Rory first too. And obviously, I know that hasn't changed. Oh, uh, Roy, Roy, uh, Roy and Ray Cooper. Whichever one wants it first, man, they both gonna get it. He said they all can get it. Hell yeah, they all gonna take that L, man. I'm be reason that Roy's in that belt and that check <laughs> come end of fucking the year, bro. Hell yeah, man. Well, I can't wait for that. I don't want to take too much more of your time, though, because I know how super busy you are on fight week. But I do want to give you a quick opportunity to give a shout-out to your teammates, sponsors, loved ones, anyone that's really helped you along your MMA journey. Thank you, fam. Uh, I want to give out to my uh, shout-out to my team, Fusion XL, um, and, and, and Orlando, Florida. I want to give a shout-out to my boy, Pete Zachary, the one who's helped me get this fight this weekend and who's helped me with uh, better myself in my career. Um, ooh, I'm going blank now. Uh, me, my, me, my boy Bubba Sheffield and Tiago, we're all coming from Fusion. We're fighting this this Saturday in Biloxi, Mississippi. Be f sure to check those guys out as well, Tiago and Bubba. Where can Man. we watch the fights at? Do you know? I do not. <laughs> Other than being there live. Man, so I tell everybody, I'm going to go Facebook Live off my Facebook. If you have me on Facebook, I'm going live with my fight, uh, Bubba's and Tiago. So check me out. I'm, uh, I'm on Facebook, Jared. And for J -A you guys, once Jared puts it up, I'll share it onto our page so that that way everyone can see it. Thank you, fam. Thank of you. Yeah, man. Um, I always... I always want to thank God, and I always want to thank my mother. You know what I mean? I want to thank God for giving me this ability, giving me shit just another day to see. And I want to thank my mom for always being my hero, man. You know what I mean? Like, I tell everybody I'm the fighter because she is, man. She fought for me 
when I was a kid, I saw that, and I wanna, just wanted, I got, she was world class, you know what I mean? Fight for me, my sister. I know I could be world class fighting in the cage, man. So shout out to my mom. Thank you, mom. That's awesome. And where can the fans find you on social media, Mr. Night Train? Thank you, fam. Uh, social media, if you can find me on Twitter, capital J, capital G, Night Train. Uh, I think night is actually spelled regular there. N I uh, N I G H T Train <laughs> 23 on oh, Twitter. Fuck that up. <laughs> Man, I like it's, I I hate that I fucked that up, man, because I made it that <laughs> so so many years ago. Damn, I'm about to delete it and start it over again. But um, on Instagram you can find me at Night Train MMA 23. Um, on Facebook I'm Jerry Gooden, guys. Keep in contact with me. I love reacting and talking to my fans. Um, shit, keep shit interesting. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. And that's Empire FC Five. It's Saturday, this Saturday. Uh, it's doors open at 6 p.m. Eastern. Main fight: Alan Belcher is going to be fighting Marcus Sura. And in the featured fight, we got Jared Nitrain. Good and taking on Jay Jackson. Cannot wait to see Nitrain back in action. Choo choo, motherfuckers, all aboard because the Nitrain is coming to Mississippi, and uh, it's going to be a nice, quick visit. It's gonna be dope, man. It's like we're on, I heard we're on the Gulf, uh, like you know, Gulf of Mexico, or whatever, dude. So like, like we're over there near the ocean, man. Yeah. I can't wait. Looking forward for that seafood, man. Like <laughs> I've never been out here, man. So I can't wait, man. Like, and I've, I've gotten some great recommendations for some uh, restaurants. I was gonna say, so is I'm, there anything you're looking forward to after the fight to eat? Man, all I, I can think about right now, right now. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, like, oh, like, so usually my, my ritual after a fight is always to get pancakes mm-hmm. at IHOP. Nothing goes better than blood with pancakes and with strawberry syrup. But um, what I'm looking forward to the most right now, like what I'm dying, I'll kill somebody for right now. It's a triple Whopper meal, bro, from Burger King, bro. Ooh, I love man. a triple Whopper, man. <laughs> <laughs> I could, I'm down. I can go with you on it's- that. If someone was walking by, I'd probably shake them and take it and run off. I'm trying to tell you, man. <laughs> they had a Mountain Dew in their hand, would you shake them for sure? Oh hell yeah! Oh, that's not even a question, man. I probably stomp on them. How dare they think they can sit my greatness? Oh, I love Mountain Dew, bro. Man, you know what's awesome is in Florida they have um, Mountain Dew Live Wire, the orange Mountain Dew, my favorite orange uh, Mountain Mountain Dew. They don't have that shit here in Georgia. We talked about you trying to get it on Amazon before. Oh, I have. I spent thirteen dollars on a twelve pack through Amazon to get it. <laughs> get my live wire of Mountain Dew. You know when they sponsor me, they better give me uh free supply of this shit, you know guys. House. <laughs> gotta get something out of it. Come on, Mountain Dew, make it happen. Hundred percent. Well Mr. Night Train, thank you for your time and uh, I appreciate it as always and I can't wait till we uh see you back on here again. I'll be back on Sunday, man. We're going to talk about the victory, how devastating that finish was. <laughs> we will, sir. We will. We're going for, what, five fights this year, you said? At least? At least. I'm going for seven. You know me, man. Seven. Seven's my lucky number. Shit, going go for big or go yeah. home, baby. Exactly. Exactly, man. All Dude, right. thank you for the time. Man, thank you for letting me be here. Say what's up to the, uh, I'm gonna say what's up to the fans. Love being on here, man. You're so awesome, man. Thank you. Of course, brother. Thank you for your time. And uh, like I said, can't wait to watch you again this weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, Jared Nitrain Good. Oh. <laughs> this is Richie Smolin. I'm listening to Maeve MMA Radio. 
Alright guys, welcome back. We are going to be talking about this weekend's great fight card, UFC Fight Night 169, Joseph Benavidez versus Davison Figueredo. And as I wake Walid up as we talk about this fight card, we are going to break it all down, unfortunately for him. I just hear him throwing his nails on a chalkboard at excitement right now and how stacked <laughs> this card is from top to bottom. But we're going to go over the whole damn thing. Let me tell you what. Yeah, we, we have to do. There's some good fights in this there card, but I'm not fights. really thrilled about it. Some good fights. You just got to pick them out with the, you know, some tweezers yeah. a little bit. In the welterweight division, Sean Brady is taking on Ishmael Nordif. Ishmael Nordif is 19-3. Sean Brady is taking his undefeated record 11-0 into this contest. Now, Brady is the elder, but he gives up a two-inch reach advantage to Ishmael. Ishmael Nordiv is a an amazing wrestler slash grappler, the Australian Wonder Boy. Really is a hell or sorry, sorry, did I say <laughs> he's not a wrestler or grappler? He's a great strand up striker. I don't know why I said that, but I think honestly, it's one of those situations where if he can keep the fight standing and not get the fight to the ground, we're definitely going to get a victory for the Austrian Wonder Boy here. No, I'm not sure about that. Uh, listen, I believe that it's a kind of close, uh matchup um, i'm not sure that it can go either way that's what i want to say 100 percent in the featherweight division the contender series veteran Leon cruz eight and two is taking on spike krillin eight and one both these gentlemen have a phenomenal background but mr Leon cruz has a seventh itch reach advantage and if you remember his contender series fight he finished it with one of the most explosive knees last season had to offer oh yeah uh another another fighter coming out from the dana white uh, contender yeah there's a couple of them on this card some of them won their contract on the contender series and some of them lost their fight and had to go back and do things elsewhere before they got their ufc debut yeah, the UFC is getting really UFC stuck. Debut. Yes, in the featherweight division also, Mr. Jared Griffin, who is 0-2 in the UFC since debuting in the UFC from the Contender Series, is taking on another Contender Series alumni, Mr. TJ Brown. And their stats are almost virtually identical, except for Jared has a one-inch reach advantage. Now, we interviewed TJ earlier in the show, and he said that he hates to be the man that has to send Jared Griffin packing because he knows that most likely after your third loss, you're out of the UFC. But TJ Brown said that he is going in there to make a statement and to show that he belongs in this UFC's featherweight division. Yeah, both fighters uh, are going, I believe, for the kill because uh, if Jordan lose, I think that maybe he, would, uh, he will leave the UFC. And TJ needs to make a statement, I believe. And he really needs this big win. So uh, it, this can be really a very interesting fight. Yeah, no, 100%. In the lightweight division, the ultimate fighter contender series alumni, Luis Pena is taking on Alex Moon. Oh, sorry, no. That fight is, I believe, canceled. If you no. Give me a second. Yes, Luis Pena is still on the card. 
Okay. If you give me a second, I will look up the switch up. I want to say... Not because I'm very excited to I see I want to say Daniel. it's a kid from LFA who's stepping in. Yeah, Steve Garcia, UFC newcomer, okay. is stepping in to face Luis Pena oh. on one week's notice at UFC Norfolk. So be facing Contender Series veteran Steve Garcia. That's a good matchup. Uh, like you said, I'm glad to see that Mr. Luis Pena is still on the card. I believe, as obviously you believe as well, that he is yeah. definitely a draw. I believe that, yeah, he's still young. He's 26. I believe that he can really become a big star. He trains with some some of the biggest champion in the MMA world, some straight yeah, killers at no, EKA. He's yeah, he's... Uh, no, 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 no. I believe he's at ATT now. No, 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 no. I believe... Yes, I thought, I, no, I believe really? Luis Pena went to ATT. No. I thought that... He, I, I thought he that I just that saw AKA. him in some vlog uh, about AKA. There's a great YouTube channel that always follow AKA. I thought that he was here. He was there. Well, Why did he leave? Maybe he was just spending some time down at ATT. But I would, I'm pretty sure I've seen him at ATT. I thought that he was like some DC protege, you know? I like could DC. be wrong. I could be wrong. Well, I know after the Ultimate Fighter, he did go down there yeah, with him. He, yeah. So he didn't join the team? I thought that he, he was cornered by some AKA guys in no, his I last fight. he did eventually, but I think he went down to AKA for his last fight. Don't quote me, though. I'm almost positive. Though. Okay, okay, okay. We will we will figure it out. But, uh, yeah, uh, Luis Pena is very talented. Very talented. And, he, and he's, he, very. You, you could sell his image 100%. In the heavyweight division, Marcin Tabor, 17-6, is taking on Sergey Spivey, 10-1, and as my good friend Wally pointed out, this goddamn card is boring. Listen, <laughs> Marcin Tibura is in the prelims of this card. This is not good for him. He really needs this win because to put him in the like it's it's not why the UFC did in the heavyweight that? division. I feel like you can't do no wrong because it's so shallow. I know, but come on. The guy is not that bad to put him in the prelims of this card. He's not an up-and-comer. It's not no, his no, fucking first fight in, in UFC. I don't see why he's like... I'm not, I'm not a big fan of this decision to put him like... It's a good fight. I will watch that if I, if I don't sleep. But uh, I don't know. Sergey, maybe Sergey is, is a good fighter. His record is impressive, 10-1. Ten, ten He's young, 25. I believe that this division needs young guys. So Very impressive, though. Very impressive. Yeah. We need to see that. Big dude. Now, say, say, uh, as tall as uh, Marcin, so good fight. Brendan Allen is taking on Tom Breeze in our next fight at UFC Fight Night. Or, sorry, UFC on ESPN Plus 27. Super excited about this matchup. If you've watched Brendan Allen since, you know, coming from LFA to the Contender Series, now to the UFC, it really seems like he hasn't, you know, lost a step. He's on a five-fight winning streak. I really think it's going to be six after this Saturday night. Yeah, but that's not an easy matchup in front of him. Tom Breeze is, uh, is no joke, you no, know? Tom Breeze is legit. He's 11-1. and one. And like, you know, Wally just said, he is no joke. Yeah, so this is a good matchup. I believe this card, maybe there's some fights in it. That's because when you look at it like that, you think that this card is not that good. But now that I really see the fights, maybe 
it will be an interesting card. And those cards are usually some of the best ones. When you look at the matchups, you're like, I don't know about all this. Those are honestly, Waleed, some of the better fight cards that we end up with. Yeah, I agree with you. 100%. Yeah. In the Bantamweight division, in the main event of the preliminary portion of the card, Gabriel Silva, 8-1, is taking on Kyler Phillips, 6-1, another contender series kid. Kyler Phillips going into Virginia to see if he can wow Dana White one more time. Yeah. Uh, I think that's they posted his video. Tyler was on tough too, wasn't he? Now that uh, I look at his picture, I believe he was on the ultimate fight. Yeah, he was on the ultimate fighter. He okay, lost so he, Katana. So he was on, on tough and he won on Dana White uh, contender series. He, he won on the contender series and then he yeah. went on the ultimate fighter. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I and thought then he went to, he lost on the Ultimate Fighter. He went to CXF, lost that fight, went to LFA, won that fight, and now ended up back in the UFC, finally, after all this time. I believe Dana White posted the Kyler finish, or I'm not sure, on Instagram, on uh, the Contender Series. So they are trying to hype us, you know. You know, 100%. Uh, Is it yeah, working? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I would not lie to you. Uh, not really. Not really, exactly. Okay. Now, to start off the main card, the five-fight main card, we have a featherweight matchup between Grant Dawson and our next guest on the show, Mr. Derek Minner, who is making his UFC debut after having 30-plus professional fights. Derek Minner is no, no, no fucking you know newcomer to the sport by no means he is a wily veteran and let me tell you what i believe he's gonna give grant dawson every single thing that he can handle yeah uh, like you said he's nothing like he's not new to this sport when you see his record is kind of impressive he have over or he have 33 fights three professional fights at that's 29 just, that's just professionally yeah, uh, we'll get into it in the interview. I guarantee you, he's probably had a very luxurious amateur career. Looking yeah. at his professional career, yeah. So I think that's uh, he will not, you know, crumble. I think he will not feel really, the, really the pressure. Like if he loses, it will not be because of that. But I think that he will give it, give it his best. Like and uh, yeah, we shall see. Good matchup to start the card. No, for sure. And Derek has fought at three different weight classes in his professional career, bantamweight, featherweight, and lightweight. So, I mean, he Conor McGregor-esque almost. No. Women's featherweight matchup between Megan Anderson at 10-4 and, and Norma Dumont 4-0 is the next fight on the card. Norma is making her UFC debut against Felice, or sorry, Megan Anderson, who we've seen in her last fight lose to Felice Spencer. Now, what do you see out of Megan Anderson with this performance against a newcomer in Norma Dumont, knowing that Norma Dumont is probably going to go in there and try to take her down when Megan has had multiple losses on the ground? I think that Megan needs to fight to to start the fight strong. I, th I think that she will, she needs to you know to dictate how the fight will go and not let the grappler out grapple her. I believe that Megan can, you know, I think that she has the reach advantage because she's huge. She always had the reach advantage. She, yes, she has the reach advantage. So she needs to manage the distance and 
Keep her. Yeah, she's got a 72 inch reach to Norma's yeah. 67 inch reach. Yeah, she needs to keep her. She needs to put a lot of pressure and keep her out of that takedown distance. You know. So, now, do you think with Norma looking at her stats, I think she's more of a natural 135er. Do you think the 145 pound division is somewhere she's going to stay? Or do you think with her 4-0 record, you could see her maybe shoring up her diet and doing a Macy Sarsazian and go to that 135 pound division? I don't know. I don't have a lot of information about Norma. I Maybe she fought that division because that's what... That was only what she could, you know, the, it was the only division where she can fight. It was the only option for her. Yeah, maybe it was the only option for her. So I'm not, see, I don't really know. Joshua Kubia made his UFC debut at a division higher than he fights at, just so he can get in there. Yeah, we will see. I think that the UFC, like, gave her to Megan Anderson so Megan can bounce back. I need she. I think she needs to prove us wrong. She needs backfire. to prove Dana wrong. My yeah, she needs to backfire. She needs to use that as the you know as the fire inside her to really shine because you know who, who cares at the end of the day you know give it your all you win okay you lose okay but you need to give it your all no for sure in the next matchup in the, the light heavyweight division ion kunta lava 15-4-1 no contest is taking on magomed ankilev 12 and 1 i just butchered his last name ankilev Inkalov, Magomed. I can say Magomed. This is going to be a hell of a matchup. Ion Kuntalaba always brings it. The 26-year-old has a 75-inch reach. He's only six foot one. Magomed has also a 75-foot reach, but he has a one-inch reach. Or sorry, one-inch height advantage. So I don't see the numbers being too different. They're both very similar in stature. It should be a very good matchup. Great records. Magomed's 12-1 and one, trying to prove that he really belongs in this UFC's light heavyweight division, especially going against a huge contender like Ion Kuntilaba. Yeah, it's a good matchup. I believe that those heavy divisions need fresh blood and young people, and I believe that's, that's what we are having in this fight. Uh, Magomed, I'm not sure if... Uh, I'm not sure. I think he, he he's friend with Habib. I think I saw him train maybe one time at AKA. I'm not sure about that. Don't call me out on this. He's 27. He's obviously a master at Sports Samba. If you look yeah. at his record in Sports Samba, it's amazing. Uh, he is from Dagestan, same region as our good friend. I think Habib I saw him with him. Off. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's very possible. Very possible. But I think having guys like this in the UFC really shows that, you know, Dagestan yeah. doesn't just have small guys, that they have some big guys out there and they are ready to bang. There's a huge wave coming from Dagestan and it's only good and it's only best for MMA because people may think that, you know, especially the grappler from Dagestan may think that, you know, it's kind of boring. Or, but no, that's what will take the striking in MMA to a whole new level because you need to figure out how to not get, you know, don't go to the ground against those dudes. So sure. it's only good. It's only That's good for where the you get guys like Israel and Asanya who exactly. move amazing and are able to get out of the way of the shots and just able to piece them up like that. That makes him such a special character. And like I always say, 
it seems like he's starting on level one when everyone's just starting the game. When it comes Royce to Gracie, striking. Yeah. Royce Gracie took the to, to, took this sport to a whole new level. Then Matt Hughes continued with it. Then came the GSP. We had the Ender Silva. And those Dagestanis, you need to find a way to win. And this is where the great coaches will, will shine, I believe. 100%. Eddie Bra shout, out, shout out to Eddie Bravo, who I think have the key to beat Habib Nurmagomedov. Ooh, we're going to see in April, hopefully. Please, MMA gods, make this shit happen. Please. And then, wait, 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 wait. Is it the fight in March? I believe I thought. It's I April. think that's. No, 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 no. I read something. No. Nope. It would be. It would be in the in the sixth of March or whatever. Nope. Listen. No. Nope. Okay. Okay. Continue. The sixth of March the next... is our boy Izzy fighting Yoel, and that's talk. Talk about the next fight. Okay. And I will the co-main okay. event in the women's featherweight division, Felice Spencer, 7-1, is taking on Zara Fran Dos Santos. I believe this is a great matchup for Felice Spencer. I believe that she is going to go in there and put on a one-sided victory. If you look and see what she was able to do against Chris Cyborg, it was really impressive. I thought that, you know... She really was about to win the entire fight if it kept going. I believe that she was putting pressure on that Chris Cyborg that she wasn't used to outside of her fighting Amanda Nunes. And I really feel like Felice Spencer, had it been a five-round fight, would have came out victorious and have won that fight. Well, Lee, what I believe you're looking for is a press conference that is going to be next week. Exactly. I'm sorry. Arena. I got too excited. I'm sorry. I, I can't wait for this fight. I can't wait till I April. Know. I can't wait. I'm sorry, but I can't wait for I'm trying to go to that press conference, though. Oh, that's crazy. You need to go. Right? But you need me, to see, talk to me about it, this co-main event real quick. Uh, Felicia Spencer, I believe that she's a tremendous fighter. Uh, this should be her fight. I believe that she deserves you know, the to have the opportunity, and I believe that maybe it's her first co-main event to be in the co-main event in Felice a card like Spencer that. Beat Megan Anderson. Megan Anderson beat Zahar for Dos Santos. How the hell did she get matched up with Felice Spencer? I don't know. Sometimes things happen. You need to ask Dana White about that. I feel like Norma should have fought Felice. Uh, I believe Megan Anderson can can lose five fights and then win only one, and they will try to give her back a, a title fight. <laughs> That's because she sucks. They are, yeah, they are try There's some fighters that you know in those divisions that the UFC will really push. No, one hundred percent true. It is what it is. If Paige Van Zandt wins against my uh, uh, fucking grandma right now, they will say that she deserves a title fight. <laughs> true, you know that. True, no, you true, know that. True, you know that. In the main event, the flyweight title is finally on the line. Joseph Benavidez, 28-5, is taking on Davison Figueredo, 17-1. Joseph Benavidez is going to finally get a third crack at that illustrious UFC flyweight title, the same title that has eluded him his entire career. Now that Joseph Benavidez is finally getting a crack at the title against Figueredo, do you think that he is going to be able to capitalize on this moment and here and new UFC flyweight champion, Joseph Benavides? Uh, in this division, I don't think there's someone who deserves to hear that more than him. The guy struggled. He fought against the best. He fought against Demetrius Johnson. He fought against Henry Hudo. But he gave 
to both of them great fights. He's a great fighter. Uh, I love where he trained. I love his team. You know, I love I love everything yeah, he's about Benny Benavidez right now. Yeah, he's great. Jay. He's a, he's amazing. Listen, Benavidez is a great fighter. He, I think that's because he's a great fighter. Maybe he should have a bigger match when it comes to a title fight. His time should have been against Henry Cejudo in a bigger card, I would say. But whatever, this is his card. He needs to take it and take this division to a whole new level. Because Henry said that he will save the division. Bitch, you ran from the division. He did save it, though. It is still here. We do have an opportunity yeah, to see this division it. live on from Henry. The flyweight division is here, but I do believe that Joseph Benavidez has been the lifeblood of the yeah. flyweight division for the last better four or five years since DJ has really, you know, taken a little bit of time off and stepped away from the UFC. Yeah, he's still there. He's still active. I hope that he will not move up a weight class because he needs to fight other dude. This the division needs on to... On Saturday night, does Davis and Figueredo have enough to figure out the puzzle that is Joseph Benavides or is Joseph Benavides finally going to get that title that's eluded him his entire career? Listen, you tell me. Is it uh, Figueredo or is it uh, Small? Uh, is it Small Car? Who sure. will come? Is it him or his brother? Who will fight? You mean for uh, Freire? Yeah, for, yeah, Joseph? it's his brother. They, yeah, they look alike. But I think <laughs> no matter who shows up on Saturday night, that Miss Megan Olivia is going to be carrying that flyweight title out around her waist because the championship is going home. With Joseph Benavides. Listen, I can't. I can't ag agree more with you. I think Joseph Benavides cannot lose this fight. It's his fight. He needs to win it. Listen, it's not an easy matchup. You have a dude that only lost one time in his, his career. Last opportunity at a title fight, at least in the UFC. At his age, and yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, it, like you said, he's thirty-five. He's 35, yeah. He's not getting any younger. Uh, the division is weird. Uh, they will not get... Like, listen. There could be a huge influx coming right now with a lot of talent, too. Yeah, but wait. DJ left, like, two years ago? Kind almost. of? I'm not sure. Yeah. Henry didn't fight in this no, division, not like, two years ago. Almost two you years. Think Askren, Askren made his very first fight two years ago in March. So longer than that? No, about a year and a half. Uh, okay, okay. A year and a half. And uh, Henry didn't fight for the... Jimmy Crute's going to become to a tender. Benny, I don't, I don't understand how Benavides had to wait for a title fight that long after DJ left. This is crazy. He's been number one contender for I don't know how many how many years. Aldo gets a title shot though. But he had one, but listen, he lost. Now he have. Wait, wait. Let's not talk about the past. You're right. Let's talk about the present. He had this title fight. He needs to win. Needs That's to the win. end of. It. It's his time. He needs to win. Nobody deserves it more than him. I will root for him. I, I hope the, he will. I think everyone's rooting for him at this point. But I, I am a big fan of Davis and Vigadetto. I, I do think that he has the style that could definitely best Joseph Benavides yeah. on Saturday night. 
I think it's going to be an interesting matchup, and I really think anyone could win. I, I truly believe that. I'm pulling for Benavidez just you know because of everything that he's been able to go through. Everything I, I still think Figueredo has another opportunity at the gold if he loses this one, but anything can happen on Saturday night, and either man anything. could hear and new UFC flyweight title. Anything yeah. else on UFC Fight Night 196, sir? Uh, nothing special. I believe that if maybe there, there's some fights that got canceled, like the Mickey Gall fight, and that's kind of a bummer because I wanted to see him fight. That would have been a good Other than that, Cowboy Oliveira, correct? Yeah, it was a very interesting fight. That was interesting. I really want to see that. Yeah. But other than that, uh, good. Not it's not the best card, but it's a good card. Maybe we have honestly, some great I, match. I, I honestly think these are the best cards. They always end up being the best cards because the matchups. They, there's not too much pressure on the guys, and they just go out there, balls of the wall, put it all out there, and you know try to go home with that victory. Yeah, and there's some there's fighters that's really not a lot of pressure. Uh, some match I will watch really close, like the Luis Pena fight, because I'm a fan of him. The main event, of course. The Magomed fight against uh, Eon it will be a good matchup. So there's some good matchup in this call. Some good matchups. I'm excited for our next guest's matchup also, Derek Minner. He's going to be joining us here in a second after a quick station identification. Also, I'm looking forward to TJ Grant or downtown TJ Brown, sorry. TJ Grant would be awesome on this card too, but he's yeah. not on it. <laughs> but yeah. Uh but the one fight also that I want to see Elion Cruz. Uh, what he was able to do on the Contender Series was amazing. Like I said, TJ Brown, I want to see him. Uh, some good fights, really, when you look at it and break it all down. Can't wait to figure out what's going to happen on Saturday night with that flyweight title. But, like I said, we're about to have Derek Minner jump on the line. As always, you're listening to Native MMA Radio. This is Sabina Mazo, and please listen to Native MMA Radio. Great show and great interviews. Sometimes in life, opportunity knocks and you just got to pick up that phone call and just, you know, run at it full force. And that's exactly what my next guest right here did. Derek Minner is going to be taking on Grant Dawson this weekend on 10-day notice for his UFC debut at UFC on ESPN Plus 27. That is in Norfolk, Virginia. Derek, how are you doing today, brother? And thank you for joining the show. Yeah, I'm doing great, man. It was a, it was a good day out here in Norfolk and, uh, Got my a couple workouts in today and just been chilling. So 10-day notice, man. You and I were talking a little bit off the air about how those emotions were for you when you finally got that phone call. I want to ask you again just one more time that we're on there. How, how was that feeling for you when you finally got that phone call and it was, it's time to go, we're going to get those UFC gloves on and get to banging? Uh, you know, like I told you, it was uh, – it was a crazy emotions, you know. I had a half hour of waiting around for it to be 100% finalized, so I was pacing in my house back and forth. And then finally when it was 100% official, I think the adrenaline, the emotional high and all that stuff happened that night. Like, then I went and busted out a hard workout at like 10, 10.30 at night, got done. And I was like, finally settled in bed about midnight. And I was like, damn, I'm tired. But then it was all emotions. I just, just settled in the adrenaline dump, everything. And then I would, like I told you, like I went to the gym on Wednesday morning and it was, uh, it was business as usual. You know, it was, uh, it's just another, you know, it's just another fight all in all. So for sure. 
The last time you were on the you know the cups of the USB, you lost in the contender series, unfortunately, to Herbert Burns uh, in, a, in a fight that you were actually winning until you got caught. Unfortunately, you went off. You rattled two huge wins, uh, first round vict- finishes. How was it for you to pretty much you know solidify yourself after that Herbert Burns loss and just pretty much go out there and whoop ass two fights and really show that you belong here? Well, you know, uh, I've been at this shit a long, long time. You know, I've been at, I've been fighting. Uh, May will be eleven years, I think. Uh, it's ten or eleven years, and so uh, Herbert Burns, man, and yeah, I was whooping whooping his ass. You know, I was knocking him around the cage. So I just I just got on the shit end of the deal of uh, getting caught and just yeah. some submission. You know, just being like Daisy, but it's happened to me multiple times. I've never in my in and I'm 24 and 10, and 10 losses. I've never been outclassed. I've always been winning the fight. I think probably one that I one thing I noticed too in, in all of your fights, even in your losses, you've only been a decision like twice. Yeah, I think uh, I think we've been. I've been to three, three or four decisions, whatever it is, three decisions. But that's because I'm, I'm coming here to fucking throw down. Like yeah. you know, I'm I'm coming to fight. Like I ain't coming here to to pick you apart and play and lay on you. Like you know all these other guys like i want to fight like i want to go in there and be exciting i want to i want to get in and out i want to have fun you know and so that's just my idea of fun is just uh being in a fist fight so uh, we're not here to see who can put on the best 15 minutes it's kill or be killed that's right and I, and I believe you know ultimately that's why i got the phone call because i know i know they know that i'm uh i'm exciting they know i'm what the fans want they know i'm going to come put on a show so uh, and then the the two wins, yeah, they were they were good. I, I fought Terrence McKinney, who fought like two weeks before I did on the contenders, and he was he was whooping that the dude he fought's ass. Like he got like uh, probably two, you know, one or two ten eight rounds, and then he got caught in the third because he was just dead tired. So and then I went in there and like subbed him like a minute. And then the the other dude, I just I wasn't even really. I'm in way better shape on ten days notice now than I was about that kid. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's ready to go. Well, Grant Dawson is your opponent this week. What do you know about Grant so far? And have you been able to study a whole lot of film on him? Only being ten day notice. Tell you what, Grant uh, Grant fought on the amateur scene when I was a pro in Nebraska. Grant's originally from Nebraska. He trained in in Lincoln, and then. Uh, yeah, he moved across his gym. He, you know, he's a he's a good good fighter. I mean, he's a good martial artist. He's uh, but I know I I know I know what Grant's gonna come try to do. You know, I know he's gonna come in. And he's gonna try to like their game plan is like, oh, he took it on ten days notice. He's let's get him tired. Blah blah blah. Yeah, cool. Let's go. Now you're gonna fight somebody that knows how to wrestle. Somebody that knows how to knows how to mix it up instead of uh, dominantly strikers that he's been fighting or he's been calling out. So now he's got, you know, he's got to have somebody that, you know, can wrestle and grapple along with him and, and does it better. So we're going to see. Yeah, and like you said, you're, you're a veteran of this game, well over 30 fights. Uh, obviously, you're a well-rounded mixed martial artist at this point. What's your game plan without going into too much detail on Saturday night? Man, uh, I took it on 10 days' notice. I have nothing to lose. Uh, Grant's 2-0 in the UFC. They're, they've been, you know, it's just, it's, I'm going out there to have fun. I'm going out there to show the world where I belong, and, uh, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go mix it up and Make have some statement. fun. So uh, that's the thing. Uh, Grant, 
on the hardest fight out of the three opponents that he was supposed to have between you know Scaly and the other couple guy two guy one or two guys that dropped off like you know I'm the most dangerous fighter that he's gonna have to face or he has faced so and they know that and uh, yeah so it's time to go have some fun. How long ago did you guys you, you've known about this for ten days correct It was right away they signed the contract and it was bada bing bada boom business. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's for get sure. this going. And you have to jump through, you know, you have to jump through some hoops to get yeah. now, you know, with like the USADA yeah, and all that shit. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm ten days notice. So I mean, I started going on Wednesday, and yeah, here we are. How's your weight? My weight, I can tell you right now, is probably the best it's ever been. Nice, which nice. is insane. Like I was, like, uh, yeah, it's it's insane. Like we were just talking about it before you before you called. Uh, yeah, my weight is is really good, really good right now, and I'm I'm hydrated. I'm you know it's it's awesome. So, do you follow any strict meal plans or anything like that? Just you know, do you do everything yourself? Not on, not on ten days notice. I started <laughs> to, as soon as my manager started. Uh, my manager called. I started chugging water and just getting hydrated. And started flushing my system out because I mean, if he wanted to give me that call, I probably you know would have ate a box of Girl Scout cookies or something instead of drinking that water. So. But yeah, so yeah, it's 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 good. My weight is good. It'll come off, and yeah, we'll be ready to rock. What brought you into mixed martial arts? Uh man, uh, mixed martial arts. Uh, I kind of wrestled in college uh, for for a year, and then after that, I just took a random fight and uh, went and fought. I had watched uh, one of my high school friends, Anthony Smith, fight back in the back in the bars and all that stuff back in. <laughs> I was like another Nebraska boy, 16, 15, 16 years old. And Anthony, you know, we would just drive up there and he would fight. And so that's kind of how I got into it a little bit. And then, yeah, so that's, uh, that's the gift of it. And then I took a random fight and fell in love with it. So how old were you when you first started wrestling? Four, I think four or five. Oh, damn. So it's second nature to you now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been in martial arts nine, you know, I don't even know why I asked you about the way you've been doing this all your whole life. Yeah, 25 years, and uh, you know, I've been, I've had. This is my 49th fight altogether. So, oh wow, including your amateur with career. my pro career. So, have you fought uh, mostly in Nebraska? I noticed right here that you're the number one winged featherweight in Nebraska. Yeah, I fought in Nebraska a lot. I fought in Vegas. I fought in Minnesota. <laughs> you know, I fought. I fought. You know, I fought a lot of places. You know, all around the Midwest, and I fought in Vegas a few times. I fought. Uh, up in Canada, I've fought for Victory FC, LFA, a lot of yeah. big promotions to RFA. R- yeah, RFA, uh, RFA ten was one of my first RFA fights. So, fought in like five or six RFAs, three or four LFAs, <laughs> Victory as an amateur and pro, Dynasty Combat Sports, Contenders. Uh, I mean, I fought pretty much all over. So. Now, I, I read somewhere that you're a co-owner of your gym. Uh, so my home gym, I train at, in Omaha, which is at Premier Combat Center. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I own a gym in Nebraska City is where I'm from, uh, Mentor Gray Performance. Me and uh, Kevin Gray own that. And yeah. When did you get into that? Man, I've owned that four years probably. Is it something Probably. that you've always wanted to do? You own a gym and you're trying to, you know, something to fall back on once you're done fighting? Well, you know, it's, it's the crazy part is, man, uh, backstory on, like, without going into detail. So Kevin Gray and me opened the gym, but we actually fought each other. 
way back <laughs> in the day as amateurs. And that's how we met. And then we started training together, started traveling together. And we were training out in Black at Black House MMA uh, about, I don't know, four or five years ago. And uh, I was like, he was already a personal trainer. I was like, man, I think a gym would do really well in my hometown. I, I really want to open a gym, do a martial arts, like fitness type gym. And he's like, yeah, I'd be down. And I think he thought I was joking. And then I found a place as soon as we got back after our fights. And, uh, yeah, here we are four, day, four years later. We the probably rest have is history. Yeah, yeah, so it's cool. How many uh, people do you guys have there right now? Man, I would I would like to say without, like, just straight members, without personal training, I bet our foot traffic's probably, you know, 80, 80 or so without my fighters, which is about a 12, 12 more. So you we got MMA, jiu-jitsu, all kinds of things there? Uh, MMA, kickboxing. Uh, we haven't done a jiu-jitsu. We're mostly, a soc- you know, like a soccer mom, fitness gym. Uh, nice. And then I got, like kids coming through there i got kids wrestling and uh all that stuff and then i got fighters and then yeah a lot of boot camps fitness personal training and stuff like that well if someone's ever in the nebraska city area where can they find your information at um facebook minor great performance perfect minor great performance that's m-i-n-n-e-r-g-r-a-y performance obviously y'all know how to build performance (laughs) yes so man how excited are you now i mean you're here it's time. We're going to get this thing going. Do you have an official prediction for Saturday night? Man, I tell you, uh, I'll tell you a prediction as far as the fight ends with my hand getting raised and, I, and everybody's like, oh, this dude does belong in the UFC. You know, that's that, in all circumstances, I'm going to walk out there. I'm going to put it all on the line. I'm going to put on a show and I'm going to get my hand raised. That's my prediction. Before I let you go, because I know you're super busy this week, I want to give you an opportunity to give a shout out to your teammates, sponsors, loved ones, anyone that's really helped you along your MMA journey. Man, if I named everybody that has helped me out on my MMA journey, man, I would be here for hours, you know. And and uh, you know, all my sponsors, I they know how much I appreciate them. My gyms back home, Integrate Performance, Premier Combat Center. And then when I'm in camp, my gym's out in Vegas, uh, 10th Planet in Vegas, Coach Casey and those guys. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I could say your name on my sponsors, but I'll tell you what, I got I got a good group of behind me, and I'm just not, we're not going to go into details. It's a little late, so. No, for sure, for sure. I don't want to keep you up too late. And then right before I let you go, where can the fans find you on social media? Uh... My Instagram's at uh, Menor135, and then just at Derek Menor on Twitter, and same on Facebook. So Excellent, man. And there you guys have it, Derek Menor. Like I said, he's fighting Grant Dawson. It's on the main card, correct? Yes, yeah, we're the first fight on the main card. Excellent. Starting the main card off right. Derek, thank you for your time. I know how late it is out there, and I appreciate it. Can't wait to watch you perform on Saturday night, and can't wait to watch the rest of your UFC career and watch you blossom where you rightfully belong. Thank you, sir. All right, brother. You have a good day. You too. This is Mike Rodriguez. You listen to Native MMA Radio. Bam! That was another great interview. Thank you, Derek Minner, for joining us. I know he's at a super busy fight week, as is TJ Brown, as is our good friend Jared Gooden. Wally Wall, thank you for joining us. As always, I appreciate your time. I know how busy you are going from back home in Africa, now going back to France so you can study and be the rocket scientist we know you're going to be. I cannot wait for this weekend's fight card. I know it is not the most glamorous and high profile of names, but I do think there are some great matchups on it, and I do think that we are going to see some potential 
very good fights. Now for next week, looking ahead, UFC 248, Israel Adesanya versus Joel Romero. We have already discussed this card or that fight a little bit. The co-main of it, the Wei Li Zhang versus Joanna Junjainshich. Wei Li Zhang is already in the States, ready and preparing for Joanna Junjainshich. I think that is an interesting matchup. I think Wei Li Zhang wins this matchup. And I think that she really solidifies herself as one of the best strawweights. I would have to disagree with you. I believe that Joanna only problem is Rosna Mayunas. Other than that, she can beat everybody. That's my opinion. We will see. That's what I love about this sport. Eventually, we always find out. Now, yeah. I would like to thank our sponsors, Toshiba, Coke, the Disney Company, Modelo, and all the other good French things they got out there because, you know, we just have a lot of sponsors all of a sudden. I'm just kidding. We don't have any sponsors. But if yeah. you want to sponsor us, give us a call. We'll figure this shit out. PlayStation, uh, Sony, uh, 32andMe. <laughs> Coca-Cola, of course, not Pepsi. That's a good. That's a good yeah, sponsor. That yeah. the not Can Pepsi sponsor is that? good. We gotta talk about that. Okay, if we're yeah. gonna get a soda sponsor, it's gotta be Coke and not Pepsi. I'm sorry for all you mouth breathers that drink Pepsi and think that's the greatest thing in the world, but I don't know. It's like 100% sugar and tastes like asshole. Exactly. Not that I know what asshole tastes like. I just want to point that out. Oh, of course you don't. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course you don't. <laughs> now, Wally Wall, anything else on these two cards that we discussed today? Uh, listen, uh, the first one, like the, the preview, it was a good card. We predicted it's going to be a good card. It was a good card. This card, we are like... We are not that excited about this card. Did we think that there's some ma that some fights it could that can be great? Be great. Maybe not all the card, but some. Maybe some, not great. Some, but yeah. It could potentially be a very good fight night. Let me say that. At least the main event. I believe the main event can be a five round war. I believe that it can be that. So. Oh, for sure. You you need to watch this card just to to just to hear who who will be the new flyweight champion. One hundred percent. Also. A big thanks to our good friend Jared Gooden. He's obviously has a fight this weekend in Mississippi. Thank him for stopping by, as always, giving us full access to his fight career. And I would like to give a special shout out to the two men who joined us this evening, Derek Minner and TJ Brown. Both of them are making their UFC debut, so I only I I, I don't I I couldn't even understand how much pressure and you know more stuff they're under and just all the other bullshit going through their head that they even had time to do these interviews. I would like to thank them. And I'd like to, you know, continue to broadcast their great fight careers on this show and give our fans the coverage that they deserve. I believe young stars like this are the future of our sport, even though some have very veteran-like records. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, some fighters came old to this fight game. Some started very young. Like you know, at the end of the day, there's no real. Uh, there's no one way to be to, to success. Listen, there's many different paths to the UFC. Yeah. Some people get there right away. Some people take a little time. But listen, once you're there, you've proved that you're you wrong, and then you just stay there. That's as simple yeah. as that, and I believe Mr. Derek Minner is going to do just that 
proved that he belongs in the UFC and he is going to stay right there. Same thing goes for Mr. Downtown, TJ Brown. That dude is very charismatic. He's got a great head on his shoulders, both men do. And I am super excited to see what the future has for Mr. Downtown, TJ Brown. Yoel Romero started his MMA career over 30-year-old, so that's all I have to say. Exactly. Also, our good friend Jared Nitran Gooden called out Mr. John Gotti Third for a contender series fight. I would love to see that matchup. It would be a great fight on the contender series or possibly anywhere else. So promotions out there worldwide, get that man's information because... John Gotti the third and Jared Night Train Gooden should have a matchup somewhere, sometime, very soon. Yeah. Now yeah. for episode fifty-eight, that's about it. Wally Wall, any last words? Uh, uh somebody needs to delete uh, Hector Lombard Instagram accounts. That's all I have to say. I can't. I can't deal with his Instagram. It's too much. <laughs> If it's you don't too know much, what he's brother. talking about, you definitely got to go check it out. It's uh, it's a little different. Now it, It's guys, hard to watch his videos. Thank you guys for joining us last week. I wanted to give you guys a quick shout out. It was one of the better episodes we did this year. So I do appreciate that. We do appreciate the support and the continued support that all you guys continue to give us. So thank you for that. Sorry for constantly fucking fumbling over our words. And sorry for making these long ass episodes you guys got to listen to. Thank you, though. We appreciate it. We're out. Peace.